living candle show is holy. It is heaven's favorite podcast on earth. Now, now, now is the time for a binge special marathon. All Christmas specials, each more festive than the last. Up first, what would Cliff and Kendall do if Charles the Contractor brought a surprise guest to stay on the same night as some really big important thing? Oh my God, will it ruin Christmas? That's what I'm wondering. Stay tuned. For the boogie before Christmas, here on Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. Oh, rejoice, rejoice. It's the Cliff and Kendall Christmas Special Marathon, ordained by God. liberal snowflake and I just floated in on a frosty breeze to share with you a delightful holiday tale. What's that? You love holiday tales? Well you're in luck because this tale has a very well-known holiday in it. Christmas! And it also features two obese men in their mid-thirties named Cliff and Kendall. What's that? You're an awfully big fan of theirs. Oh no, no, you said you never heard of them. Well, neither have most people. They were and are the hosts of an internet talk show slash radio filler program for a teeny tiny weeny woony station in Busheltown known as KBSH, or more popularly, Rye 99. This Christmas, Cliff and Kendall were on a world tour. No, it wasn't a world tour in support of their unpopular show. They were actually just along for the ride, as their friend Mrs. Butter 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 Churn educated the citizens of Earth on the benefits of growing and consuming rye on behalf of the Busheltown City Council. And so it happened that the Cliff and Kendall gang was scheduled to spend this Christmas in Bangkok at the home of Mrs. Butter 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 Churn's dear friend, Letitia Washington. In fact, that's where our story begins. Ow, what happened? I just stabbed myself again with this threading needle. Do you think the pioneers, or whoever the hell used to string popcorn for their Christmas trees, stabbed themselves as often as we have? Probably. You know, the pioneers were pretty much morons. Oh, boys, those strands of popcorn will look beautiful on our Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, and whatever you've done to make them speckled with red, keep doing it. I've never seen such a festive garland. <laughs> okay, but we may need a transfusion. It's our blood. These popcorn strings are soaked in our blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, my. Blood from all the needle stabbings. Sweat, because it's 90 degrees out here in sunny Bangkok. If it was only a little more humid, it'd feel like Christmas in Busheltown. And the aforementioned tears that have soaked into the popcorn garlands. They came from when I heard the saddest Christmas song on the radio. Have you ever heard it? It's about this little kid who's buying a gift for his mom on Christmas Eve, but he doesn't have enough cash when the sales associate rings up his purchase. So he turns to the customer behind him in line and he pleads in song. 
Would you buy these panties for my mama, please? It's Christmas Eve and all her panties are soiled. You see, she's been too sick to work for quite a while. And this leopard print is just her style. And I want her to look sexy in case Mama's John is Jesus tonight. <laughs> the Mama's the dying hooker. Hey, maybe maybe we could add that song to the big holiday show you're directing. Oh, no, no, that wouldn't do at all. The show is locked and there's no changing it this close to the performance. What? The show's tomorrow night! <gasps> well, that's okay. I doubt I could sing the whole thing without weeping anyway. On another note, I can't believe we get to stay in this huge, beautiful house for Christmas. I was sure we'd be in another motel drinking nog from those little cups that they give you that are all wrapped up by the sink. Yes, it was such a blessing when my dear friend Letitia Washington called up to offer us the use of her Bangkok estate for Christmas. As you know, she's a high-powered lawyer that represents women who've been sexually harassed in the workplace, and she's far too busy to come to Bangkok for Christmas. And speaking of the anniversary of the Savior's birth, put down those bloody needles. We've got to rehearse for the big Christmas show. Half an hour later, the Cliff and Kendall gang was on stage at the Bangkok Community Center, perfecting their upcoming performance. And this is where Fonky will come in dressed as a little drummer person. Where are Fonky and Opie today? I mean, Crockpot's doing a great job as Mary. Thanks, Cliff. But don't you think she should practice with Opie playing his part as the Christ child? <laughs> also, I keep laughing at that big box of bowels stiffener she's using as a substitute. Oh, that's silly. My thoughts exactly, Crockpot. We can't wait for the children to return from their costume fittings to rehearse. Now, Crockpot, cradle that box of bowel stifter near your motherly bosom. Alrighty. What's that smell? Did the animal handler deliver the live camels? Oh, no. Ugh. Oh, sorry, that's me. I'm uh, trying out this new organic jock itch powder. Uh, label says to leave it on for 48 hours, so uh, I ain't showered this week uh, uh, just to be extra safe. Oh, God, I hope the real Joseph didn't smell like that. Kendall, you know everybody in Jesus' day stank to high heaven. It's probably a relief when you got up close to one of those nasty-smelling camels. Why do you think the wise men gave him frankincense and myrrh? That's the biblical equivalent of Febreze in a Glade plug-in. Oh, okay, wise men. It's time for your entrance. <laughs> I'm ready, dear. As head wise man, I'll be in the lead. Just follow me, boys. To the nativity we go. Yes, go around that palm tree and up toward the little stranger in the manger. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Potter, better, better turn. I do have one suggestion. What if instead of me handing them the myrrh, I pull it out from behind of baby Jesus' ear? Or or I could uh, saw somebody in half. I mean, not Jesus, but maybe like Charles the Contractor? Oh, yeah, man, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, this Christmas play is going to be bitching. Well, well, I appreciate the theatricality of your ideas. This is already the greatest story ever told, and it hardly needs improving. Also, I want this tale of angelic visits and immaculate conceptions to be realistic. Except, of course, for the shepherds that'll have to be made from cardboard. And action! Where is the child that has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. Is that he there nestled in thine motherly embrace, swaddled in meager cloth? Oh, yes. O oh, Mary, mother of the newborn king, Allow us to bestow unto you a gift from each of our native easterly lands. From my treasure chest, I give unto you- Wait, Kendall. 
Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I have a question, not a suggestion. And I think it goes along with your realistic vision. <sighs> what is it, dear? Shouldn't I give my gift first since I'm the most famous wise man? You're not the most famous wise man. Mr. Snodbottom is. He's the leader. <laughs> Good poet, boy. But I'm the only one who did anything after being in the Christmas story. Did you ever hear of Melchior or Balthazar again? No, but I'm Caspar. I was famous for this and became super famous after I died. I was such a nice spirit, they called me Caspar the Friendly Ghost. That's not the same thing. Prove it, bitch. Oh, my goodness. Oh, please don't use such language around the box of bowels, Tiffany, that represents our Lord. Cut! Later that evening, back at Letitia Washington's luxurious mansion... Kendall, I'm lost again. I can't find the room. I put my garbage bags full of dirty underwear in. Didn't you put them in the one with the Gucci wallpaper? I didn't notice the wallpaper. I just remember over the fireplace there was a big painting of this buff stud with an arrow in his arm. Oh, yes, the buff stud. I mean, the dying St. Sebastian is all the way down the hall to the left of the third floor. Thanks. Oh, and hey, I was thinking about the cardboard shepherds in the play. Would you want real people if we could find some on short notice? My, my angels from the realms of glory, yes! But when I booked the temporary nanny to help with the children while we're all so busy with the play, the agency said they were all out of shepherds. Well, last night, while Kendall was wrapping Susan's Christmas present... I wasn't wrapping her Christmas present. I, I was writing her a Christmas rap. You're writing her a rap song for Christmas? Guess what you're getting for Valentine's Day? Divorce! Nah, she'll love it. Anyway, Crockpot came with me to this go-go bar especially for fat gays. It's dudes and speedos dancing on your table, but there's also a soft-serve ice cream machine and, oh my god, toppings as far as the eye can see. So, okay, we were there and Crockpot started making out with this drunk bisexual and I got talking to this guy who'd been eyeing me all night. Turns out he was the janitor, and he'd been looking at this big mold spot behind me on the wall. But that's not really relevant. So, okay. He points over to this table full of guys in the corner, and he says, for a small fee, they'll do almost anything. Which immediately made me think, hey, Shepherds for the Christmas play. That sounds like a wonderful solution. Really? Yes, and we need to make sure they're available for the show. Cliff, can you go back to that restaurant tonight and secure as many as you can? Sure. I was just thinking I could go for a wiener bouncing around my face. And a hot fudge sundae. No, they do have Sundays to go. Write me back one. Okay. First, they fill a turkey baster with the hot fudge and they squeeze it up a dancer's butthole. Ugh, uh, make mine a room temperature caramel sundae. You're not going to like how they get the caramel on there any better. And so it was that Cliff went back to the nightclub and Kendall went back to his room to relax. Finally, a little peace and quiet. Before we begin... Since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas. Come in. Pardon me, boy. I know you need your beauty rest, but I was wondering if you could help me. I've got a gift for Fonky from her adoring mother and I. It's a Barbie playset. It's a graduate school, especially for dolls earning their PhD. You you want me to wrap it? Okay. Bring me some tape and three of those gender-neutral gingerbread people Mrs. Potter-Butter-Butter-Churn baked this afternoon. Oh, no. I don't want you to wrap it. I know Fonky will want to play with it immediately. All of her Barbie dolls are quite thirsty for knowledge, you know. So, I need you to assemble it, then top it off with a bow somewhere around the dean's office. Uh, okay. Just bring me the cookies and a screwdriver. Never, boy. I'll not be the one that upends your sobriety. I, I meant the, the tool kind of screwdriver. 
I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Come in. Hey, I hope I ain't catching you choking the chicken. No, 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 I'm trying to watch Christmas Vacation. I've only watched it four times this year and it's almost Christmas. Oh, uh, well, I was wondering if you could uh, help me out with something. What? Uh, see, I got Mrs. Butter, Butter, Butter turn an Xmas present and it's a picture of her favorite place we've been to so far on this ride tour. That uh, Eiffel Tower thing in Paris. That's actually kind of nice. For Mrs. Potter, Butter, Butter Churn, I'll help you. What do you need me to do? Frame it? Oh man, that'd be so bitchin', dude. <laughs> if you could frame it. <laughs> hey, do that, will you? Uh, right after you put the picture together. Put the put the picture together? Yeah, man, it, uh, it's on the puzzle. See, the gift shop was asking way too much for them posters, but uh, over in the corner, they had this pile of these puzzles for 75% off. <laughs> now, it's only 3,000 pieces, so it won't take you long, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. But Charles... Come in! Kendall! Okay, Crockpot, let me guess. You need me to put together whatever's in that bag you're carrying, which is someone's Christmas present curling in a million little pieces? Yes, yes, yes! Alright, just give it to me. Thanks, Kendall! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Kendall settled in for a long winter's night of putting together other people's Christmas presents. The next morning... I'd like to propose a Christmas Eve morning toast. Candlebar, don't you think you should wait until everyone's here? Oh, yes, the children are at the park with their temporary nanny. Cliff never came back last night, and Charles the contractor went out to purchase extra toilet tissue. But it's Christmas Eve morning. Crockpot's here. Yes? Well, if you insist, boy. Great! Wasn't it the French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre that said... Oh, hey guys, uh, can I ask y'all do me a favor real quick? I was in the middle of a Christmas Eve morning toast. But I guess we can do you a favor, a, a small one, since it's the Christmas season. Oh, man, that'd be so awesome. Uh, my mama, she showed up at the Bangkok bus station this morning. <laughs> I was wondering if she could stay with us here in this uh, giant mansion. Well, I did tell Letitia Washington that there would only be eight of us, but it would be improper etiquette to turn anyone away on Christmas. Oh, that's great, Mrs. Butter, 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 turn in a... Hey, just one more thing. What is it now? Uh, I kind of told my mama that I was a business tycoon and that uh, all you guys work for me. Oh, my crackling yule logs, you did what? Oh, I was just trying to impress her. Y you know how it is with mamas. But lying and on Christmas. Oh, man. The mere idea is giving me a bowel attack. Oh, no, no, it'll be real easy. You'll see. Uh, come on, guys, please. Uh, well, I, I suppose we could pretend for the sake of your mother. Oh, bitchin', man. That's totally bitchin'. I'll let her in. Come on in, Mama. Hey, this is one bitchin' pad, son. I told you, even in the can, these shitters, they have them things that, uh, they spray off your butthole. <laughs> I made sure of that when I bought them. Oh, wee, that sounds fancy. I can't wait to take a dump. Hey, Mama, let me introduce you to my, uh, staff. This here's Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Butter 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 Churn. They're my business managers. So it's you two that made my baby so rich. Well, I gotta thank you. He's made his mama prouder than a poodle with a new perm. <laughs> yes, it is very nice to meet you. Charmed, I'm sure. Well, you folks might as well call me Boogie. Everybody else does, except, of course, for my baby. Oh, Mama. Yeah, I've been called Boogie ever since I was a teenage runaway. 
That's because I got kind of popular around certain parts of Busheltown when I do this burlesque routine to that song Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. And even after that song went out of fashion, I kept on boogieing, so the name stuck. Well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, B- Boogie. And who's this strapping fellow over here? Oh, that's uh, Kendall. He's my butler. Butler, huh? Okay, Crandall. Can you whip me up some eggs with a side of home fries? And oh yeah, I'll take my sausage medium rare. What? Uh, thanks, man. Uh, we'll ring a bell or something if we need anything else. A bell? A bell? Oh, candle boy. It is Christmas after all. The season of peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. Even contractors. Okay. Will there be anything else, sir? Oh, hey, it might be crack open a couple of brewskis for me and my mama here. Very well. So, tell me about this pretty lady here. Well, uh, we call her Crockpot. Uh-huh. Okay, guys, just head up the west stairway and then take a left. Everybody pick out a room and rest. We got play practice in a few hours. The big show's tonight. Oh, are those our new shepherds? Yeah, and sorry they were all in thongs. It was underwear night at the club. Hmm, well, I see. Well, um, there are a few things I need to tell you in the other room. Okay, but before you do that, I have to tell you all why I was late. See, next to the club for fat gays, there's this toy store. And what with the connection between Christmas and toys, it really brought me back to my childhood in strange new ways. Toyland, Toyland, buzzing lubricated Toyland, while you browse within it, you're ever horny there, adulthood's Joyland, vaginal or anal Toyland. Once you've made your purchase, you can never return it again. Well, that does sound interesting. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Boa, but it certainly had a nice melody. I was just talking about a toy store where I bought myself a big Christmas gift, which is currently in about a million little pieces, so Kendall may need to borrow your toolbox, Charles. Toolbox? Why would a rich business tycoon own a toolbox? Oh, I'm sorry, we haven't met. I would have introduced myself, but I had to sing that song. I'm guessing Charles picked you up at a bus station. That's right. I took a bus into Bangkok to surprise my baby boy here, and I about cropped my panties when I ran into him at the station. Did you say baby boy? You're Charles's mother? Hell yeah, and I'm tickled pinker than Pepto-Bismol that I can finally see his staff. Staff? You mean like my rod and my staff let them comfort you? Or no, you probably mean like an infection. Oh, hey, quit clowning around here. Uh, uh, Mama, this is Cliff. He's my uh, personal hairdresser. And that over there is his wife, Crockpot. She's my stockbroker. All right. Ooh-wee. My baby has done all right for himself after all. I have half a mind to call up that old middle school principal of yours, Mr. Carbonator. The one that said you'd never amount to anything more than a janitor's apprentice. And I just might have to tell him where he could cram his predictions. 
straight up his ass. Speaking of stuff that goes there, where's Kendall? I need him to put together this gift I bought myself. Does anybody know how to get sausage out of this tube thing? Oh, this is certainly shaping up to be another wacky Christmas for the Cliff and Kendall gang. Cliff and Kendall gang? Don't you mean another wacky Christmas for Charles and his friends? Later that afternoon, in the butler's quarters... Come in. Hey, it looks like Santa's workshop in here. I know, I've got Charles' tools spread all over the place because I'm putting together a graduate school for Fonky, a million-piece puzzle for Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, and a delicate Swiss cuckoo clock for Crock-Pot. I just meant because at the angle you were sitting at, your double chins really made you look a lot like Santa. But now that you mention it, you do have a lot of elf-like carpentry to do. And I'll never finish it all by tomorrow morning. Not with having to pretend to be Charles the Contractor's butler. Took me forever to cook that damn sausage for Boogie. I've forgotten how. I've been a vegetarian since Will and Grace was on the air the first time. Okay, calm down. Take a few deep breaths. And remember, my theory about how when Jake Gyllenhaal finally wins his Oscar in a couple months, it's going to reset the universe and things will start to make sense again. We just have to have faith, Kendall. It's going to happen. <laughs> Even if the blithering idiots at the Golden Globe snubbed him viciously, his Oscar will reset the universe. <laughs> it's got to be reset, Kendall, or maybe, maybe we just need to unplug it and plug it back in. You're not helping. Well, then I'll help. You! I'll be the Jesus to your Joseph, and I'll hand you tools and shit. And then maybe your heart will grow a few sizes and you'll help me. See, I bought this special chair at the toy store, and I was hoping you could put it together before all the shepherds leave. <gasps> Alright! Now, don't be so gloomy. If we work together, we'll have a gay old time, and we'll feel just like Santa's elves. Well, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound so bad. We're two working stiffs. That are making gifts For our friends the fun never ends Oh, we are making gifts Listen to me sing Squirt glue on that thing Tape up the sides now We're filled with pride now We, we are, are making, making gifts. gifts We are like two huge fat elves Loaded up with cheer We're just happy Christmas is f***ing here Make your gift look gay So the Bible say Slap on a bow now Yep, there we go now We, we are, are making gifts And a little while later Charles the Contractor's mother Better known as Boogie Was sitting in front of a very Christmassy Roaring fire Oh my god, who knew carpentry was so hard? No wonder Harrison Ford quit to become an actor Oof, why the hell is it so damn hot in here? It's 85 degrees outside. Who the fuck lit this? Oh, oh, hey, Boogie. Whoa, I didn't expect to see you there uh, so whoa, topless. <laughs> well, it just don't feel like Christmas to me unless I'm sitting in front of a crackling fire. And like you said, it's hotter than hell's hoo-hoo outside. So I figured, why not go all natural? If it's good enough for National Geographic, it's good enough for my baby boy's mansion. Well, you got me there. Hey, I like that nipple ring. Oh, which one? The green one? No. Crucifix? No. The skull? Yeah! Oh, I love that one too. It's pretty special since it once belonged to my own mama. I always thought maybe I'd pass it on to my baby boy's wife, but even though he's a rich business tycoon, he don't show any signs of getting married. Oh, right. <laughs> he's a business tycoon. Well, maybe he's just not the marrying kind. Maybe, but... 
I sure would like to pass down this precious nipple ring in the shape of a skull. Or maybe the sterling silver peace sign I'm wearing south of the border. You know I have 36 piercings and all, and not one above the neck. It's probably hard to go through airport security. Well, why do you think I took the bus from Busheltown to Bangkok? Now, you might be right about Charles. He might not be the marrying type, but you are. And married to a stockbroker to boot. You're one lucky hairdresser. Yeah, I am. So, uh, what made you two fall in love? Um, well, we both really love Steel Magnolias and watching men swimming during the Olympics. Plus, you know, I was, like, really warm for her form. True love. That's a beautiful thing. Hey, where's that butler? You think he could flush him my nod? It wasn't long before Charles and all his friends were at the Bangkok Community Center getting ready for their big Christmas Eve performance. <laughs> Gather round, everyone. I just want to thank you all, especially you shepherds that joined our stable at the last minute. <laughs> I wanted this show to be a special holiday thank you to all the peoples of the world, and I think that will become evident once the curtain goes up. <laughs> just a few final notes. Kendall, would you tighten the nuts holding up the Star of Bethlehem? And Crockpot, don't forget to cradle the newborn king like this. See how I'm doing it. Okie dokie. Oh, my chestnuts roasting over an open fire. I'm so excited. <laughs> We've got two minutes, people, and then it's places. Cliff. Yeah, what? I have a problem. You never finished the rap song you're writing for Susan, and now you don't have a gift for her? Just give her, you know, a wife gift. One of those see-through negligees or a Jane Seymour cross-your-heart necklace. Or a gift card. Really, anything is better than a wrap would be. No, no, I forgot Charles' tools back at the mansion. I can't tighten the nuts holding up the Star of Bethlehem. Well, I'm sure Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn was being over-careful about it anyway. You know, it only has to stay up for like another hour. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it looks secure enough to me. Although, she was right about how Crockpot should hold the mini-messiah. Did you see the way she was doing it? It was like she'd never held a baby before in her life. Oh, that's me. Hold on. Daffodil, I think we're really going to pull this off. A Christmas show in Bangkok directed by me and starring our whole family. What a surprising turn of events. Oh, yes. But when I really study the situation here, I can't imagine things turning out any other way. And I know with you at the helm, everything's going to be just fine. Oh, what a lovely thing to say. We've got one minute, everyone. Does anyone need anything before we go on? Oh, hey, uh, I got a question. How come they don't make no breakfast cereals that taste like cheese? Okay, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn, don't panic. But I just got a phone call from the shepherd's manager, Silky LeBaron, and he says they have to go. Go? Oh, my. It's okay, it's okay. We'll, we'll just go back to the cardboard versions. Nothing's gonna stop my Christmas spirit tonight. And at least we'll save on actors' salaries. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's another thing. Their manager said that technically they've been on the clock since I brought him home <laughs> this morning. And he's on his way here now to collect payment. And also, he was really rude on the phone. So to boost my own self-image, I told him I was in charge of everything here. So if you could all just pretend to be my employees when the pimp... I mean, the talent manager gets here. Oh, oh, my! We're already pretending Charles the Contractor is in charge. I know. That's where I got the idea. But Boogie's in the audience. She won't see. I'll have to get my checkbook from my purse. Oh, places, everyone! Charles, would you stop tossing your keys up in the air like that? I'm trying to remember my first line. Oh, hey, sure thing, man. <laughs> but just look how high I can toss them. 
Look, you hit the star of Bethlehem. Oh, it ain't no thing, man. <laughs> it is too a thing. Look, it's wobbling. Oh, 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 oh. Ah, the whole star knocked off the whole stable. What's happening? Everything fell over and now the electricity's out. Ah, that's it. The whole show is ruined. Along with Christmas. Oh, dear. What have we done to deserve this? Oh. Don't anybody move. I know just what to do. Kendall, point me toward the curtain. I gotta get on that stage. Okay, turn around this way. Ow, Kendall. All right, it must be the other way. Yeah. Hey, I'm over here. Listen to me. I'm over here. Here, okay. So we're having some technical difficulties, so if you'll bear with us. But until we can get it figured out, you needn't worry. I'm here to entertain. Trust me, you'll thank me later. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Sorry, okay. Mm. On Christmas Eve in 1818, a blizzard stranded the tiny village of Obendorf, nestled in the Austrian mountains. That same day, the people of St. Nicholas's Church found their organ broken. So the priest and the organist began composing a song that could be sung without an organ, yet beautiful enough to express their Christmas joy. All day and all night long they worked, and at midnight a classic carol was born. The pure, clear tones echoed through the hills, and the world has been captured by the beauty of that simple song ever since. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the pre. No, that didn't sound right. <laughs> if they can't be subdued with perfect pitch, I'm all out of ideas. Why didn't anybody reply? Am I back on the right side of the curtain? Of course, I'm here, Silky LeBaron, and I need to get paid. Here's your check, Mr. LeBaron. I still don't see why the shepherds couldn't stay and do the performance. Not that it matters now, Sugarlump. What with the entire set collapsing and the lights going out all over the building. I know, but it's still the principle of the matter. Hey, cool it. It's only business. There's a convention of Republican congressmen in town tonight, so every hooker in Bangkok's on duty. My beeper's already beeping off the hook with offers from my boys. So listen up, my fellas. Move your sweet ass out of here and back to the hotel, and it's enemas for everybody. Got it? Except for Danny and Fredo. You two stay dirty. The congressmen want to give you the enemas themselves. Oh, what's the use? I might as well go out there and tell the audience to go home. Christmas is officially ruined. <laughs> hey, uh, y'all back here in the dark? Yeah, Boogie, we're back here. Well, I don't know if you can tell with this curtain closed, but that audience is getting restless. Damn it, if only the lights were still on, I could do magic. And I can't even find a flashlight. All I can feel is this bag full of bells and a box of paper clips. Did you say bells and paper clips? He did. Give me them things, Crandall. I think I know a way to save the show. Just go out there and introduce me. I just need 30 seconds to undress and attach all these bells to my body piercings. Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, can you give a girl a hand? Okay, 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 give it a rest. Up next, in the dark, we have a new performer. Her name is Boogie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody, I'm Boogie, and I like to boogie. This is called the Dance of the 36 Bells. I once did it for Ray Charles, even though he swore I didn't, but that's just because he'd done so much blow that day. Anyhow, if I remember all the moves... I think y'all recognize the tune, and a one, and a two.
Boogie wowed the crowd with the dance of the 36 bells. And if she didn't save the show entirely, the lights never did come back on, you see, then at least she dulled the crowd's rage into a more manageable disappointment. Later that night, back at the estate of Letitia Washington. I'm sorry again I couldn't tighten the stars nuts like you asked, Mrs. Potter, but a better churn. Oh, think nothing of it. Things could have gone worse and would have, but Boogie saved the day. Or rather, night. Finally, the pizza's here. I'll get it. I got six large pizzas here. I'll pay, since I'm in charge. Did you know all these people work for me? Mm, is that so? Yep, and it makes me feel like a pretty big man. Mm, Merry Christmas, you weirdo. Mmm, it smells so good. Why did you tell the pizza boy you were in charge? Well, I got the idea from you. I figured it was my turn. But you didn't have a reason to lie. I lied to impress the pimp, and Charles lied to impress his mom. What? My baby boy lied to me? Oh, whoops. Say it ain't so. Oh, I'm sorry, Mama, but I just wanted to make you... <laughs> 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 well, uh, why are you two laughing? Oh, it was all just a holiday prank, man. You guys all fell for it. <laughs> wait, wait, we pretended to be your employees all day for nothing? Yeah. Ain't that a geek in a crotch? <laughs> you think I let my baby boy grow up to be something so disgusting as a business tycoon? Hell no. But seriously though, you guys went through a lot of trouble for my boy. And I want to thank you. And shit, ain't it Christmas Eve? Shit, yeah it is. Then I say, hey, let's boogie. Bangkok, what a place for Christmas. Better than any old peninsula or isthmus. On holidays, you gotta do it upright to hear Santa sleigh on Christmas Eve night. Time flies. Doesn't seem a minute since we were in Bushletown with Christmas trees in it. On a ride tour all around the world, talk about ride to all the boys and girls. We've been to Paris, Transylvania, Vietnam. We're not done. Christmas in Bangkok makes a fat man merry. The nog is flowing, you'll touch here is free. You'll have so much fun that it will be scary. And if you're lucky, you'll get a gift or three. I feel Saint Nicholas watching over me. Baby Jesus lay in a manger, born a king, but he was in danger. Then there's Rudolph and the other ranger. The message of Christmas is we're all the same, dears. God for the Mother Christmas Carol. There won't be snow tonight, but this holiday can still be white. Of course I mean with powdered sugar. I'm not some kind of racist booger. Step under the mistletoe. Light a yule log. Suck a candy cane. Christmas in Bangkok makes a fat man merry. You know our halls are decked out with holly. You'll have so much fun that it will be scary. The best lighting is by the Christmas tree. I feel an angel watching over me. Hey, I can't let this Christmas special end. Wait, sorry, I mean special Christmas end without asking why the hell Terry the Temp wasn't the kid's temporary nanny. Yeah. Not that Bathsheba isn't doing a great job. She's not in here, is she? 
Oh, my! Well, of course we requested Terry, but the poor dear is temporarily filling in for a disgraced morning news anchor. I forget which one. And that's how the holiday ended for the Cliff and Kendall gang. I'd like to wish each and every one of you an enjoyable winter holiday, whichever one you celebrate. Or as I like to say, why the f*** not celebrate them all? <laughs> Happy holidays to all my fellow snowflakes out there, and to all a good night! You know you'll be binge eating this holiday season, so why not binge listen while you do it? Binge listen to classic Cliff and Kendall Christmas shows. The Cliff and Kendall gang are going around Busheltown recording a show on Christmas Eve, even though there's a serial killer on the loose. Talk about dedication to your art. <gasps> Sit right back and you'll hear a tale. The tale called Christmas Saves Cliff and Kendall. Austin, you're going to have to hold this bundle of wires all night. Stay close to Cliff and I, and make sure we don't trip. All right. I still don't think this is such a hot idea. Recording a show as we go door-to-door Christmas caroling? <laughs> Nonsense, boy. It was an excellent idea for an episode that Candle suggests. So I'm happy to give him all the credit. <laughs> Me? Mr. Snodbottom, you had the idea for this door-to-door caroling episode last week. Remember it was on a Thursday and you had your mid-morning bowel pudding? <laughs> My mind must have been clouded with bowel medication. I'm happy to report they're functioning beautifully now, boys. <laughs> Unless, of course, I'm frightened, angry, overstimulated, undernourished, jet-lagged, or romantically inclined, if you understand my meaning there, boys. Oh, God. Guys. Oh, look where Austin's pointing. It's Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn, and she's rushing this way. Good. We can finally get this show on the road. Literally. Oh, dears. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve. Dear, is everything okay with our beloved toddler Funky? Thank my Harold singing angels, everything's fine. She and Crockpot were watching a holiday program on television and heard a noise upstairs. I insisted she go and check it out while I was on the line. And to make a lengthy story brief, the noise was only our precocious feline, Mr. Marbles. He jumped onto Crockpot's face and now everything is a-okay. Oh dear, was Mr. Marbles wedged in the Yahtzee closet again? (laughs) Yes, and I don't know how many times I've told Charles the Contractor to fix the latch so that won't happen. I'll put that on his to-do list for the new year, girl. Austin, please remind me to put fixing the Yahtzee closet door latch on Charles the Contractor's New Year's to-do list. Okay, he probably hasn't finished last year's to-do list. Or any list ever. Uh. Dear, you must remember he's a coma survivor. Also, it's Christmas Eve and some of us want to get to Kendall's house to watch Home Alone. So let's start this show, you filthy animals. Good point. Where do we go first? Why don't we begin with a row of houses over there? Let's start with that yellow house with the inflatable Christ child. Such a beautiful way to remember our Savior's birth. Wonderful suggestion, dear. Is Crackpot always that nervous about sounds in your house? If Mr. Snodbottom is home, she of course attributes any unusual sounds to him. I think she's a little nervous now with the news of that serial killer that's been in town this week. Oh, don't mention it, dear. Pardon my bowels, but I believe these shocking crimes have us all shocked. What news? What shocking crimes? Cliff, you haven't heard about the Busheltown beater? If Madonna hasn't Instagrammed it and it was never an old Golden Girls episode, then I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
The Bushelltown Beater has beaten eight people to death in the last four days. So that's why we didn't mention it on last week's show. Right! <gasps> Plus we were too busy being rejected by everybody who invited the Christmas party. Why did everyone from Rye99's Dolores to Channel 81's Felicia Swan feel they had to feed us a lie about why they skipped our party? Why didn't they just say they wanted to go see that stupid new Star Wars movie? All those dumb idiot moron friends of ours who I hate. And another party ruined, just like my birthday. Would you get over your birthday? Why can't you feel sorry for me and my lost love? You know I thought that in Grizzly Tom I'd finally met a drifter I could settle down with. And now he and his cotton candy baler are just sad memories too fine and wispy for any baler to bail. Boys, who wants to knock on the door? Remember, it's a, a jolly Christmas caroling type episode. Then shouldn't we be singing? All right, you don't have to ask me twice. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Austin Bone, have you started the portable recording device? Yes. Okay, I'll ring the doorbell. Born the king of Aegis. Can you see anyone moving through those windows? Come, no. Let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ, what's taking so long? Isn't anybody home? They must be. All their holiday lights are lit, and this breathtaking inflatable baby Jesus is surely the mark of someone who would be home on Christmas Eve and ready to participate in a lighthearted radio show. Slash filler program on KBSH. Right. Austin, turn down the volume on that portable soundboard and wait until I give you one of those silent hand gestures we had worked out before you go pressing buttons. All right. Are we just going to stand here until... <laughs> My exploding yule logs! <laughs> what was that? Oh, Where's Kendall? I'm on the ground. As my Creole grandmother taught my mother and my mother taught me, always hit the ground when there's gunfire. Kendall boy, that couldn't have been a gunshot, surely. Oh, it sure as shit was, and there's another one. Hit the deck, everybody. I have two questions for you trespassers on the lawn. How many body bags did I tell the police to bring, and who the hell are you? We're Cliff and Kendall. Who the hell is that? We host a show that airs on Sunday mornings. Host a show? Cliff and Kendall, coast to coast. Now who would play something that sounds as tiresome as that? Right. 99. Austin! Now are you going to get off my lawn or should I put my contacts in before I reload? <laughs> We're leaving right now. Hurry up, dears. Let's run next door. Another excellent suggestion, my love. I believe my bowels are becoming alarmed. Is everybody okay? I think so, but I can't keep running from house to house like that. I had too much eggnog with lunch. I'll just have to let the next person that attacks us kill me. Oh dear, don't talk like that on Christmas Eve. That brush with death simply reminded me how much I have to live for. My incredible daughter, Funky, and my wonderful husband, Mr. Snodbottom. Here, here, girl. I just think God I have my beautiful wife, Susan, to live for. Which reminds me, I should text her Merry Christmas later. Hopefully her sale reception is better in Killarney than it was in Kokomo. Don't act like I don't have anything to live for. I'm living for love, despite my recent and perpetual romantic disasters, and there's still the Oscar that I have to watch Jake Gyllenhaal accept. I'm glad we all have so many blessings to count. Austin, do you have a lot of things you're grateful for tonight? Yes. No time for that now, boys. I highly doubt a person or persons inside this home will attempt to murder us all. I'll just ring the bell... Uh Uh-oh. 
there's a crowd of people on my front porch. I hope you ain't the Busseltown beater. I kind of thought he was the only one lone loony, but the papers might have intentionally left out the fact that the beater's really two fat guys, an elderly couple, and some other carrying a big load of sound equipment. No, no, no. Merry Christmas Eve. We're Cliff and Kendall from Rye 99, and these are our friends slash co-workers. Rye 99? Do you know Foggy Tornado? Oh, I love that guy. He always sounds so cool when he's on there telling the weather future. No, I don't think we've ever met him. We know Dolores, though. Oh, my wife and daughters and gay son love her. I'd call them down to meet you, except they is all out getting their roots done at the 24-hour Jewish beauty salon in East Busseltown. That's okay. We're going door-to-door and recording an episode of our show. Would you like to play a game with us on the air? You mean this is on the radio? Am I live? Is there anything in my teeth? Oh, our show isn't live. We record it and then a CD-ROM our producer bought at Big Lots eight years ago edits it. Oh, that makes sense. So we should play a fun Christmas game. Austin, did you remember to bring the Christmas things you should know? No. Did you remember the Christmas songs you should know? No. The Christmas don't quote me's? No. The Christmas are you talking to me's? No. The Christmas fill in the blanks? No. The Christmas stupid questions? No. The Christmas would you rather's? No. The Christmas what would I do's? No. The Christmas is the price rights? No. The Christmas how long would you wait? No. Well, why the hell not? Charles the Contractor. Say no more. Now that we've covered that, sir, do you uh, have any funny Christmas stories you'd like to share with our listening audience? Well, let me see. Oh, I know. Well, this very afternoon, my family and I were sitting down to have a snack and watch the Christmas episode of Flappy and Friends. My daughters and gay sons sure do love that old mule Flappy, and I love them. But I digress. We were sitting down to snack, and I looked around, and I noticed mine was gone. Well, to make a lengthy story brief, I done sat on my moon pie. <laughs> I squashed it good beneath my buttocks. <laughs> and I was like, well, darn! <laughs> there was squished moon pie all over my plated wrinkle-free dockers. <laughs> that is a funny Christmas story. And I found the part about your family especially heartwarming. That was great. I'm sure the cd Rome won't cut that out. Well, thank you. I was just speaking from the heart. All right, sir. Thank you. You are all welcome. Happy holidays. Happy Happy holidays. Well, that was a successful interaction. Oh, yes, it was lovely, dears. We shouldn't waste any time, though. It's been eating at me in the back of my mind, but I think I heard a slight sniffle in Funky's nose when I was on the phone with Crockpot earlier. I want to get home as soon as possible, just in case. And of course, we don't want to be on the street if the Busheltown beater should strike again. No problem. I'm sure in 20 or 30 more houses we'll have enough footage for one episode thanks to Austin's for getting all our Christmasized versions of all of our fan-favorite game segments. Cliff, it's the season of forgiveness and love and all that. Whatever, Mother Teresa. You're the one who stole gifts from the Toys for Toddlers barrel at the Food and More. It was one gift, <gasps> and it was a play school rectal thermometer for Charles the Contractor. I'm not spending money on someone who spilled boiling hog fat on my signed Billy Crystal 8x10s, even though I did draw his name for the Secret Santa. Come along, dears. Let's allow bygones to be bygones for now, and I'll address our myriad etiquette needs after the holiday. The next house is decorated exquisitely. I love the holly on the front door. Merry Christmas Eve. Are you all a-caroling? That's right. We're supposed to be caroling. Here we are a-caroling among the leaves so green. Here we come wandering so fair to be seen. Let me stop you right there. Is this a door-to-door Michael Bublé concert? No. 
Are you Josh Groban? <laughs> no, he's not. Stanley Groban, Josh Groban's cousin. No, but those are all great guesses, and I would have also accepted the ghost of Frank Sinatra. But I'm just Cliff, and this is Kendall. We're Rye 99 radio hosts. Did you say Clinton Kenneth? No, they're dead, to begin with. Dead? I used to love their Shock Your Mind podcast. Then one day it was just never updated again. Tragic. Well, they've been dead for years, but we're here and wondering, uh, what are we supposed to do since Austin forgot all the segments? Guys... Hey, Kendall, did you bring the Christmas What Is It with Candles? Wait! Yes, they're here in my pocket next to my emergency honey bun. Great then. Uh, sir, would you like to play this holiday game with us? It's like clues in search of an answer. Okay, I guess. My mistress won't be here for another 15 minutes or so. All right. First clue is, he is the head of a large operation. Hmm. Oh, Iron the dead founder of Blopsmush Food and Mower. No. Okay, clue number two. He only leaves home once a year. Oh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio done played him in that movie. He saved jars of his own pee-pee. J. Edgar Hoover. Nope. He has a big round stomach that shakes like a bowl full of jelly. Uh, is it one of you two fellas? No. No. He delivers toys all around the world to good girls and boys on Christmas Eve. An Amazon drone. Uh-uh. Last one. He's known to say, ho, ho, ho. Oh, I got it now. Santa Claus. Right. Finally. Okay, what's my prize? For you, we have this CD of our greatest parody hits. Everything from Born This Fat to Won't Stop Podcast and to Happy Birthday Kindle, which is sung to the tune of Like a Virgin. Oh, well, this ain't exactly Ellen's 12 Days of Giveaways, now is it? No. And that's all the time we have for Christmas. What is it with Cliff and Kendall? Oh, with Kendall. Sorry. You know, I ask myself that question every Christmas. What is it with you, Kendall? Okay, thanks for playing. Merry Christmas. I do have to be running, though. I want a Febreze shirt before Tiffany gets here. Whew, okay, how many more houses do we have to go? As many as it takes, boy. Our devoted listeners deserve nothing less than the best for Christmas Eve. No, oh dear, Mr. Snotbottom, I agree with you in theory, but I'm just too concerned for Funky's well-being. I think we should call it an evening and go home to check on our sweet little girl. You heard Mrs. Butter 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 Churnbars. That's it for us. You'll have to do the rest of the show by yourselves. Well, at least we still have Austin to carry everything. Oh, I'm afraid not, dears. I do think we'll need Austin to drive us back home from the studio. Due to all those circumstances we discussed earlier this afternoon before we began our journey around Busheltown this evening. Oh, right. I forgot about those circumstances. Austin, just give all the sound equipment to Kendall. Me? If I'm carrying all this stuff, what are you going to carry? The talent! Everybody knows I'm the talented one. Boris, I'm afraid Christmas Eve isn't the time for all this bickering. Please set aside those petty arguments and continue like the professionals you are. Yes, Mrs. Mrs. Potter Potter Butter Churn. Very well. Now, Austin, hand all the heavy equipment to Kendall. All right. We must be going. My maternal instinct is telling me to hurry. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow night at the big Christmas benefit show. Why didn't they want us to host again? I know your names are on the list, dear, but the committee was all set on getting the legendary comedian Squeaky Fromage. You see, his rates have really gone down since he made all those controversial jokes about tall people. Oh, well, there's always next year's Christmas benefit show. Precisely. Toodaloo, dears. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. So, if you're the talented one, what am I? You're the beloved other one. I think I'm the magical one, since I'm good at magic tricks. (laughs) That's not funny. I am good at magic. No, you're not. But that's not what I was laughing at. I was just thinking about what Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn's reaction would be if she sat on a moon pie. She'd be all, Oh, what a bubble and a 
fucking talk to Zod all over my damn ear. <laughs> Someone fix me a door to cover it up. <laughs> and if Mr. Snobbottom sat in a moon pie, he'd be all like, Oh, boys, I, I seem to have had a very sugary bowel attack, and it's seeped all the way to my outside of my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> They're really Bristletown treasures, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, you think we should try this next house? All the lights are out. It's also got lots of broken windows and a condemn sign on the door. Good point. Let's skip it. This looks like someplace cult members would try and summon Hillbilly Willie on a late October night. Yeah, but nothing like that would happen on Christmas Eve. Not again, after it happened on Christmas Eve last year. So I, I think we should knock. Does it, huh? What if something really gritty and realistic happens, like on all those NPR podcasts you hate because they're so popular? Okay. We can knock, but only because an old rundown house like this has got to be empty. See? Nothing. This place looks like the set of a scary movie. It looks like somewhere a fugitive would hole up and hide from Sheriff Frogblast and his deputies. <laughs> that's funny? No, sorry, that's frightening. But I I just thought of how Dr. Blathers would react if he sat on a moon pie. He'd be like, um, Ugh, wasn't this supposed to go in my mouth? How did I mess this one up? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that screaming on my doorstep? It's us. We're Cliff and Kendall. We're, we're radio hosts, and we thought this house was empty. Then why'd you go and knock it? We're recording a show with all this equipment I'm carrying and wondered if you'd like to participate in a segment. And if you want to hear some carols. How about this one? Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys. Playing with bombs like kids play with toys. I have to stop you there. Even though I do love songs about bombs, but my pet bird is sleeping. Oh, sorry. Should I sing a lullaby to ease it back to dreamland? No. Well, we'll just be going then. Merry Christmas Eve. Wait a second, you two. Why don't you come inside for a festive glass of nog? If nobody starts singing, we should be okay. Uh, all right. Right this way. Maybe we could talk about our favorite Christmas TV episodes. I love when Roseanne played Santa on Roseanne. Oh, I loved when Thelma Harper played Santa on Mama's Family. I loved when Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel played Santa on I Love Lucy. Oh, yeah, then the real Santa appeared. I loved that one, too. <laughs> it was classic. Yeah. Anybody for Nog? Make, Make mine, mine a, a double. double. I'll be right back. The house is even creepier from the inside. Why is there mold on all the walls, and where's all the furniture? I don't know, but the more I look around, the more this whole house looks like a crime scene from Dexter, but not one of his all wrapped up in plastic, you know, one that he would have investigated, but with a secret motive as he worked for Miami PD by day. Do you remember that show, Dexter? The serial killer who killed killers? Of course I do, I- Did somebody say serial killer? Well, what are you doing with that big piece of blood-stained wood? Does it have anything to do with the eggnog you were just gonna get? Not really, except I'm about to start Egging your noggins with this here 2x4. No, we're radio hosts! We just want to make people laugh with all the stupid things we say! That and spread the gospel of Madonna and express ourselves and keep living for love. And if that isn't in vogue, then I guess I'm breathless like a virgin, but we want to live to tell and die another day. I don't know what the hell you just said, but it made me want to beat you to death first. No, I'll run. <laughs> oh my god, you killed Cliff! I think some of the fat from his double chin splattered on my face! Don't worry. It won't be there for long. Don't you understand I'm OCD and Cliff was my bro? Oh, killing fat people is so much easier than them skinny ones. With their bones flying everywhere. 
The fatsos in this town are so covered in blubber, it's like having a silencer on my trusty 2x4. Now, to flee the scene. This is Big Red. Over. Uh, Big Red, this is Elfie. I'm in the sleigh. All's clear. Over. Looks like we have a situation down here. Better hop on down. Over. Copy that. Be there faster than you can say. God bless you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ the Savior was born to you this day. Over. Uh oh, Sienna. Something's terribly wrong here. Oh, I know. I know. We've got to fire Nevin the Navigator. This is his second mistake tonight. This place doesn't have a tree, kids, or any sign of Christmas at all. Why, there isn't even one stocking hung by the chimney with care. I'll find Nevin something else, Santa. I was just doing my wife, Elfira, a favor. Nevin is her cousin. It's my fault. Wait a minute, Elfie. Look over there. Oh, my baby Jesus in the manger! Two dead bodies! Yes, we better call the authorities before I lay a finger aside my nose and shoot us both back up the chimney. Looks like two fat men brutally beaten to death. Oh, what a Christmas tragedy. Hold on a moment, Elfie. Those two fat men? Could it be? Let me get a closer look. <gasps> Why, this is terrible! What is it, Santa? Elfie, these fat men were Cliff and Kendall. The ones I was telling you about that day you wore the blue sweater. The ones who host the last hour of the Today Show? <laughs> no, that was Kathy Lee and Hoda. This is Cliff and Kendall, the two fat men I had chosen to be co-Santas when I retired. Oh, Santa, it cannot be! <laughs> I'm afraid so. These two fat men had such Christmas spirit all throughout the year. They would have made excellent co-Santas and definitely would have fit into my wardrobe. What a tragic loss. I am terribly sorry, Santa. I know how you were looking forward to retiring in 40 or 50 years. <laughs> yes, and I'm not so sure I still can. Why? What do you mean? It took you years to find these replacements. And I think I'll use this year's Christmas miracle to bring them back. But Santa, you were going to bring peace to the Middle East. <laughs> I know, but sometimes things come up and force us to change our plans. Don't you remember that PowerPoint Mrs. Claus showed us in April? How could I forget? All right, Santa. I'm sure you know what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Okay, Elfie, hand me my Christmas miracle, which looks like a glowing, floating orb that you can hold in your hand. It's about the size of a grapefruit, and it hums. Is it in your magic bottomless Christmas bag? Yes, it's beside those extra AA batteries and my emergency honey bun. Okay, Santa. Here it is. I hereby use this year's Christmas miracle to restore life to these two future co-Santa Clauses. It's working. The shattered fragments of their skulls are reforming. Look, their faces are growing again. I don't know, Santa. They still look awfully swollen. No, those are just their faces. Oh, in that case, they look as good as new. Uh, oh. Cliff? 
Susan? Eggnog? What's happening? Uh-huh. Kendall? Jake Gyllenhaal calendar? Fruitcake? Where are we? <laughs> You're in a condemned house in Busheltown. And by the looks of the sound equipment on the floor, you must have been recording an episode of that delightful internet talk show of yours. Internet talk show slash filler program for radio station KBSH. Right. 99. Sorry, I must have hit the soundboard with my big fat butt. Am I having a holiday hallucination or are you Santa Claus? <laughs> this is no hallucination. My highest ranking elf and I are here because we found you lying on the floor dead a few minutes ago. And we just revived you using this year's Christmas miracle. Wow. I feel like Celine Dion, because it's all coming back to me now. We were doing a show door to door. And the Busheltown beater beat me to death. And then me. But Santa saved you. He brought you back because he's got a special plan for you. A special plan? For us? Oh, yes. I can't be Santa forever, you see. In 40 or 50 years, I'll retire. Just like an Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes, exactly like that. That film was actually based on a true story, you know. What? That's right. Anyway, I've chosen you boys to replace me when I retire. By that time, the world's population will be so insanely large that we'll have to have two Santas. And I think you big old boys will be the perfect replacements. <laughs> oh my god. Kendall, do you know what that means? We'll finally have clothes that fit. And red velvet hats to cover our baldness. I'm so happy I think I'm going to cry. Hold on a minute, boys. I... Can't actually let you be aware that you'll be the next Kris Kringles. I'll come back and remind you in four or five decades. Huh? But you just told us! That's why I'm going to be forced to spray you with this. Is that Axe Body Spray? <laughs> oh no. It's just an old Axe Body Spray container filled with forgetfulness formula 408. <laughs> We're very big on recycling at the North Pole. Then we'll fit right in. I love the idea of recycling and have always meant to actually do it. Now, Mr. Elf, when you say spray... I mean like this. That smells so good. Like baking gingerbread. And like that pine candle I bought from the food and more. But I don't know if it's making me for... Santa, should I have mentioned that this forgetfulness Formula 408 would remove their memories of us and knock them out for 10 or 11 hours? <laughs> no. They would have forgotten it anyway. And now that my future replacements are okay, we better get a move on. Copy that, Santa. Up the chimney we go! <laughs> My chestnuts roasting on an open fire! They're coming around! Boys, speak to us! Oh, what's going on? Where are we? You're in the coma ward of Busheltown General Hospital! After we left you last night, I realized I had forgotten one of the ingredients in the Creole Bordelais sauce I was making today, and which Kendall loves so much. So I sent Austin back to ask you about it. Oh my, and he found you boys lying lifeless in a condemned hole. You were probably forgetting the saffron. Wait, condemned house? I felt like Celine Dion because it's all coming back to me now. We're recording a show door to door. That's right. Kendall wanted to go up to the condemned house, even though I thought it was full of boogie spookies. But what are we doing here, in the coma ward? How long have we been out? Did I miss Jake Gyllenhaal accepting his Oscar? Oh god, Donald Trump's not the president, is he? Oh no, dear! And thank heaven for that! You've only been in coma since last night! It's Christmas Day! So it must be some sort of a Christmas miracle that you've both survived. 
and we couldn't be happy about it. Wow, this, this has been a crazy Christmas. You can say that again. This has been a crazy Christmas. A mysterious coma and whatever else happened? Yes, Candleboy, and I'm so elated as you both recovery. I admit I'm feeling a bit overstimulated. Oh, oh. oh dear, there's just one thing I want to say to you all. Wait, there's just one thing I want to say to you all. Stop! I want to be the one to say it. But I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to tell every one of you to have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. <laughs> From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Oh, yes, I agree with you there, dear. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days. Happy golden days. Of your faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years, we all will be together. If the fate Allow Hang a shining star Among the highest spouts And have yourself A merry little Christmas For those of you not sleeping, we present a little Christmas classic we like to call Cliff and Candle Save Christmas. When December comes around, you can hear the sound. Sleigh bells in the air, it's Christmas everywhere. But every Christmas needs its hero to bring the cheer and help the snow. Who is gonna save Christmas this year? Oh, the reindeer might be flying, you know Santa sure is trying, but alone he cannot do it. Someone's gotta get to it. Every Christmas needs its hero to bring the cheer and help the snow. Who is gonna save Christmas this year? 
Oh, the mistletoe needs hanging. These carols, they need singing. The gifts have got to get neat the tree. And this year, I think it's up to you and me. Every Christmas needs its hero to bring the cheer and help the snow. We are going to save Christmas this year. We are going to save Christmas this year. We are going to save Christmas this Good evening. My name is Harvey. And no, you're not imagining things. I am a glass of eggnog. I'm here to tell you a story of two of the greatest heroes of Christmas. Now, you may have heard of Rudolph, Santa, the Grinch, Charlie Brown, Tiny Tim, George Bailey, and even Nestor the Christmas Donkey. But you haven't heard of all the Christmas heroes until you've heard the story of the year Cliff and Kendall saved Christmas. Cliff and Kendall, as you may know, were two big old boys from Nashville who grew up and left town. One went east, that was Cliff. He went to New York City, where the only things colder than the frosty Christmas wind were the icy hearts of the New Yorkers who never knew the joy of Christmas. And one went west. This was Kendall. He set out for L.A., where the spirit of Christmas is often forgotten, amidst warm winds and overly tanned celebrities. But even though Cliff and Kendall lived thousands of miles apart... They never forgot one another or the Christmas spirit deep in their hearts. They had so much Christmas spirit, in fact. This story begins in the North Pole, where Cliff and Kendall were about to attend the 74th Annual Christmas Spirit Awards, where folks were being honored for the love they showed their favorite holiday. Let's see what those boys are up to. Cliff, are you ready? I am. How do I look in my tux? You look great. Not too fat. Maybe jolly is the word for it. Well, I guess it is the right time of year for it. (laughs) Let me just pin this sprig of holly to your lapel there. Thank you very much. All right, now, tell me again why your beautiful wife Susan isn't here with us in the North Pole, about to attend the 74th Annual Christmas Spirit Awards. Oh, she had to stay in L.A. and do some last-minute Christmas shopping. When I jumped on the red eye from L.A. to the North Pole, she was still in line for that hot new Christmas gift item everyone's talking about. Ooh, I hope I get one. Now anyway, we better get going. The next sleigh shuttle to the Bing Crosby Memorial Auditorium leaves any minute. All right, let's go. Later that evening at the 74th Annual Christmas Spirit Awards, anticipation was building as the time for the final award of the night. The award for most Christmas spirit was drawing closer. Ladies and gentlemen, to present the award for most Christmas spirit, please welcome 42-time Christmas spirit award nominee, Blitzen. Do you really think we have a shot? You know, it's just an honor to be nominated. Oh, my stomach is in knots. How many fiber bars did you eat in the sleigh on the way here? Four, but that's not the point. I really want us to win. Thank you, ladies, gentlemen, elves, reindeer, and such. Christmas spirit is a term thrown around a lot these days. Too many people have lost it. 
But we've come here tonight to celebrate those few who stand out and stand up for the wonderful day known as Christmas. And we've come here for the gingerbread, who am I kidding? The nominees for Most Christmas Spirit are Randy Rain, the candy cane maker, Vladimir, the Christmas vampire, Mrs. Santa Claus, Laverne, the gift wrapper, and Cliff and Kendall, host of the Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast show. This is it! The award for most Christmas spirit goes to... Cliff and Kendall, host of the Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast show. This is Cliff and Kendall's first nomination and first Christmas spirit award. Wow, thank you so much. We have to thank Santa, Baby Jesus, our devoted listeners, and oh God, I'm going to forget somebody, I just know it. (laughs) Christmas has always meant so much to us, and we would be nowhere without it. We pledge to always honor Christmas in our hearts and keep it all the year. Thank you so, 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 so much. Now, I just want to add... Tonight's ceremony was brought to you by Caribbean Cruise Lines. Now making trips to the island of Misfit Toys. Christmas spirit don't come cheap, but you and me, we've got a heap. Nicely done. Thank you, my voice is my instrument. Some folks, they do not feel it, which I don't understand. But we know how to spread it all throughout the land. Christmas spirit. I feel it. It's here. You know it. All year. You know, in my head, there are sleigh bells ringing all day long. The story that my heart tells is the Christmas song. It's Christmas spirit. I feel it. Right here. We got it. All year. Christmas spirit. I feel it. Right here. We got it. All year. Christmas spirit. I feel it. Right here. Oh, we got it. All year. Well. Cliff and Kendall won the award, all right. They truly did love Christmas. And I wish the story ended there with smiles and hugs and sugar cookies all around. But every hero must face a villain, and Cliff and Kendall were about to meet theirs. You see, not everyone loves the 25th of December. Some people think it's all a commercial for greeting cards and electronic gizmos. They don't know the real meaning of Christmas at all. One such man was Mr. Finister Scrangle. You see, he didn't always hate Christmas. As a boy, he loved it like most children. But young Finister's dream was to be a toy maker. And as an adult, he realized his dream, pulling himself up by his bootstraps to create the Scrangle toy shop. But the only toy Finister created was a salsa maker for young girls. And he made the mistake of only marketing the salsa maker in Iowa, the state whose motto is, We hate salsa. As Scrangle Toy Shop's stock went down, so did Finister's spirits. When his salsa maker manufacturing plant was shut down, he vowed to get revenge on Christmas. 
the holiday that had sparked his dream of becoming a toy maker. And to make a long story short, Finister Scrangle had decided the best way to get revenge on Christmas would be to kidnap the winner of the most Christmas Spirit Award at the 74th Annual Christmas Spirit Awards. Which brings us back to our story. Oh, look, there's our sleigh that'll take us back to the Holiday Inn. Ha! Holiday Inn! Get it! Yeah, I got it. I can't believe we won! Most Christmas spirit! I know, this is the greatest night of my life. What about you? Tonight was so much better than my wedding, are you kidding me? My wedding was like spending the day locked in a porta potty compared to getting this award. Oh, look, it's starting to snow. No. This could not get any more perfect. Do you think we can pull over by that bank of Christmas trees and take a picture? We could email it to your beautiful wife, Susan, my grandmother, and our frequent guest star, Alan. Surely we can. I'll ask the driver. Excuse me, driver. Could we stop to take a... Oh, no. You won't be making any more stops tonight. But we're due at the Holiday Inn for the awards party sponsored by Pepperidge Farm Fruitcakes. It starts in five minutes. Well, too bad. This is but the first Christmas party I will be ruining this year. I'm going to ruin this whole holiday, and ain't nobody stopping me. Christmas is going to pay. But what have you got against Christmas? It's the most wonderful time of the year. By far. August is a soiled wad of toilet paper compared to December. I'll tell you what I've got against Christmas. Wait, I think I recognize you. Kendall. I think it was in In Style or maybe Toy Makers Weekly. But you know in the part of the magazine where they show pictures of toy makers and it's all, toy makers are just like us. Oh yeah, you're um, a Finister Scrangle. I saw that picture of you standing humiliated in front of the locked gates of your toy factory. You were selling those chili pots. No, no, no. Wasn't it a, a sauerkraut cooker? I was selling salsa makers for little girls in Iowa. And it would have worked too if it hadn't been for Christmas. Now, how is it Christmas fault again? All through the year, little girls in Iowa dream of getting salsa makers, except at Christmas time. Then they want dollies or teddy bears. Oh, who even cares? I'm going to get rid of you, and in no amount of your trademark sass can stop me now. Things were looking pretty bad for Cliff and Kendall. After several hours of riding in the back of the sleigh, Cliff and Kendall were getting quite frightened. They were traveling on a beautiful moonlit night around a gorgeous, snowy outdoor scene, and it should have felt just like they were sledding through a courier and Ives print. But since they were being held hostage, and their captor was intent on ruining Christmas for everyone, they were understandably scared out of their wits. In fact, they were so scared it caused them to babble on and on about nothing, which really irritated Finister Scrangle. Cliff and Kendall got on his nerves so much that he eventually shoved them into the trunk of the sleigh where they were out of his earshot. How are we going to get out of this mess? I don't know. Finister is out to ruin Christmas and no one can stop him. God, why didn't someone just tell him little girls in Iowa buy their salsa at the grocery store like everybody else? Wait, I have an idea. Cell phones. Oh my God, how could we not have thought of that before? I hope I have service. Darn it, no bars. Let's try mine. Yes, two bars. God bless you, Sprint PCS. Okay, I'm going to call Santa. These North Pole phone numbers. Okay, it's ringy. Please enjoy the music while your party is reached. You have reached the voicemail box of... 
Santa Claus! Ho, ho, ho. Oh crap! To leave a message, press 1. What are you gonna do now? Uh, I'll call Mrs. Claus. Hello? Mrs. Claus here? Mrs. Claus is clipping. Hello? 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 Mrs. Claus is clipping Kindle. I can't hear you. Oh, we're in a sleigh. <laughs> you fell for it. <sighs> leave a message at the beep. Ugh, another voicemail. After several more phone calls, Cliff finally got a live person on the line. Unfortunately, it was frequent guest star Alan. So the people in my village would do this thing. Alan, we don't have time for one of your Africa stories. We are stuck in the trunk of a sleigh, headed for the middle of nowhere, and Finister Scrangle is going to ruin Christmas unless we can stop him. Oh, sorry. How can I help? We need you to email Santa's workshop and tell him all about it. We called and went straight to voicemail. But if you email it, he'll get it on his hollyberry and then come and rescue us and save Christmas. What's a hollyberry? It's like a blackberry, but it's all Christmassed up. Now quit asking questions and get to emailing. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Alan. I hope this works. It did work. Well, it kind of worked. As you are about to find out, less than an hour later, the boys were still locked in the trunk. But in the distance... Listen, do you hear that? I'm sorry, it must have been all those fiber bars. Not that, you crude, listen. Sleigh bales. It must be Santa. No, ho, ho, Fenister Scrangle, slow that sleigh down. Never. I have all the Christmas spirit locked up in the trunk, and you'll never stop me now. Finister, you can't see it now because of that large snowbank ahead of you, but you're coming up on Peppermint Canyon, and if you don't slow down, you'll go right in and Cliff and Kindle will become the Christmas version of Thelma and Louise. What? Well, that slowed Finister down all right. He did hate Christmas, but didn't want to end up looking like an exploded Yule log. Yes, once Finister slowed down, Santa was able to free Cliff and Kendall from the trunk and take Finister into custody. Cliff, Kendall, and Santa were so happy, in fact, that they decided to make a pit stop at Sister Fudge's all-night North Pole pie shop. This chocolate pie is so good. My pecan pie is delicious. What kind did you get, Santa? Mincemeat! Boys, I'm going to check on Finister. He's probably getting cold out in the sleigh. Maybe I'll even take him a day-old piece of pumpkin pie. Well, it is Christmas, and in the season of perpetual hope, maybe there's even hope for Finister Scrangle. Be right back! Kendall, I never thought our night would turn out like this. I know, but maybe it's for the best. I think Christmas this year will be more to me than ever before. You know, it doesn't come from packages, boxes, or bags. It can't be bought from a store. That Christmas feeling has to come from inside. Christmas is forever, not just for one day. For loving, sharing, giving, are not to put away like bells and lights and tinsel in some box upon a shelf. The good you do for others is the good you do yourself. That was beautiful. It's from this poem called Let Every Day Be Christmas by Norman Wellesley Brooks. It reminds me of this bad joke I heard the other day. Now, what did Adam say the day before Christmas? I don't know, Cliff. What did he say? It's Christmas Eve. Whoa! <laughs> what did Scrooge love all the reindeer? Tell me. Because every buck is dear to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys! What's that, Sister Fudge? 
While y'all were sitting there being sassy, someone just took off in the sleigh with Santa all tied up in the back. Oh, oh no! Yes, just when it seemed Christmas was safe, Finister Scrangle was up to his old tricks again. But this time he left the Christmas Spirit Award winners behind and took the head of Christmas himself, Santa Claus. What are we going to do? We are in the North Pole with no transportation, stranded at this pie shop, where at least there's pie, but Santa is gone, and it's all our fault. Cliff, you have got to stop freaking out. But the salsa, Blitzen, fruitcake. Snap out of it. Thanks. I needed that. I'm sorry I had to hit you. Uh, It's okay. I I forgive you. Let's be friends. Let's Let's have have a a podcast. podcast. Now listen, it wasn't five hours ago when we won this award for most Christmas spirit. And? And that means there's only one thing we can do. We are going to save Christmas. Oh boy. There comes a time in every Christmas hero's life when they realize that thousands of children's hopes and dreams hinge upon them. When Rudolph had to guide Santa's sleigh through the fog. When the Grinch's heart grew three sizes and he decided to give back the toys. And when Ernest had to convince that one guy that he should be the next Santa Claus at zero hour on Christmas Eve. This was that moment for Cliff and Kendall. They had to rescue Santa in time for his midnight ride. And did I mention this was all happening on Christmas Eve? At 11.45 p.m. They had 15 minutes to save Christmas. The sun is set. It's Christmas Eve. In the eyes of children, you can see that they believe That old Saint Nick is flying in his sleigh With his bag full of gifts, he is on his way As we grow older, it's harder to find The time and the spirit, the Christmas state of mind Life never turns out the way that we planned The reasons why we may never understand Christmas will come anyway Without one gift from a sleigh And just like the star from the Christmas play It means so much more than just one day Christmas will come anyway Fifteen minutes! We can't do it! Christmas is ruined! Don't say that! There's always hope on Christmas! Who said that? It's me down here! My name is Elfie! I'm an elf! How appropriate! Have you guys seen Santa? My Santa tracking device says he was here only minutes ago, but then I lost his signal. You have a Santa tracking device? That's great! Santa was just kidnapped by Finister Scrangle. The evil ex-toy maker. Well, I don't know if we should say evil. It's such a harsh word. Villainous, definitely. But we don't know his whole story. He's probably had a really hard life. That's true with the whole salsa maker debacle. It really has been hard on him. You know, God bless him. Uh, guys, Santa kidnapped 14 minutes to save Christmas and counting? Right! 
Elfie, if we use your Santa tracker, maybe we can track Santa and get him out of Finister's clutches in time for his midnight toy ride. But the tracker is shorted out. We need a really powerful computer to get it back up and running. Maybe Sister Fudge has a computer we can use. Now, didn't you see she said one of those MacBook Airs? It's so light it can't be powerful enough to fix the tracker. It didn't even have a CD drive. Oh, no! Well, we can't just stand here. Let's get a move on. So, with some snowshoes borrowed from Sister Fudge, Cliff, Kendall, and their new friend, Elfie, started making their way across the North Pole, roughly in the direction they thought Santa had been taken by Finister Scrangle. Wow, this winter landscape is desolate, yet beautiful. I hate to say this, but our trophy for most Christmas spirit is getting sort of heavy. Well, if you'd let me carry it for a little while... No, I got it. What's that glint over there? What is that? A weather station? Looks like if Wally and R2-D2 had a baby and they left it to freeze for years and years alone in the North Pole. Let's investigate! It must be a motorized trash can. Or a Christmas tree compactor? I think it's trying to talk to us. Let me brush this snow off. I'll push the on button. Someone found me. What are you? I don't know if that's a good question. What would you say if someone asked you what you are? Fat. I am a robot model 1225. I was on my way to the North Pole one year to help Santa make toys. But I got stuck in a snowdrift and was frozen here until you guys came along. That's terrible. Well, you may as well join us. We are going to save Christmas. I have always wanted to save Christmas ever since I was nothing but a chip in my robot mother's eye. How long have you been frozen here? That depends. I was traveling to Santa in the year 1849. That's such a long time. That raises a lot of questions. None of which we have time for. We only have 11 minutes. Wait! A chip in your mother's eye? That gives me an idea. Little Christmas robot, can we use some of your robot parts just for a minute? We'll give them right back. If it means saving Christmas, of course. Thanks, little Christmas robot. My pleasure. And please call me 01060623 E. That's my name. Well, what do you know? Some Christmas magic must have been in the air. It looked like Cliff, Kendall, Elfie, and little 01060623 E might just save Christmas after all. Okay. The Santa Tracker is working again. It looks like he's over Hanukkah Hill, right in the middle of Poinsettia Place. Onward we go! You carry little 01060623 e and I'll carry our award. The four marched over Hanukkah Hill, through the figgy pudding bog, and around Chestnut Acres to reach Poinsettia Place. As they neared the crest of Mount Cinnamon, they saw an enormous gingerbread house with Santa's empty sleigh parked right outside. They must be in the gingerbread house. Elfie, I don't want you to be in any danger. You stay out here and put little 01060623 e back together. Kendall and I will handle this. And so Cliff and Kendall crept silently through the snow up to the gingerbread house. They crawled along the outside of the gingerbread house until they came to the spot beneath a window. 
Our pants are going to be wet when the snow melts. Oh no! These rented tuxedos we're still wearing from the awards ceremony earlier might be ruined. That's one more Christmas miracle we need. Okay, let's look through this window and see what's going on. Santa's all tied up, and Finister's yelling at him. And that's another thing. Why don't little girls in Iowa want to make salsa? Finister, didn't I always give you what you wanted for Christmas when you were a boy? No. When I was five, I wanted a little red wagon. You got me a blue wagon. I was the only boy in town with a blue wagon. I felt like an idiot. So what's the plan? Um... What is that? Whispering? Who's out there? It's us. Cliff and Kendall. And we've come to save Christmas. And just how are you going to do that? Wouldn't you like to know? Finister, I think my ropes are coming untied. Great. Just what I need. I'll tighten his ropes, then I'll deal with you. You and your Christmas spirit. That's it. What's it? Christmas spirit. Throw our award. But I love our trophy. You've got to do it, Cliff, for Christmas. For Christmas. Make your aim straight and true. Oh, Finister! What is it now? I should have thought of a really snappy line to say here. Well, it's too late now. Here goes. <gasps> Got him! Ho, ho, ho! You did it, boys! You saved Christmas! No, Santa. I don't think we have. It's 39 seconds after midnight. You'll never make it all the way around the world to deliver your toys to all the good little boys and girls now. Not alone, I can't. But with a little help. You are kidding. Hurry up, boys. If we hurry, we'll have just enough time. Christmas spirit is more than an award. It's a way of life. All the same, I'm just going to run and pick up our trophy and wipe the blood off of it real quick. Christmas is here. It came back at last. Hold on, remember, it goes by so fast. There is no moment like this one right here. Try to keep Christmas with you all year. Christmas has come anyway. And just like the star from the Christmas play, it means so much more than just one day. Christmas has come anyway. Christmas has come. Christmas has come. Christmas has come anyway. And so it was. Cliff and Kendall rode in Santa's sleigh that year and helped him deliver millions of Christmas gifts all over the world. The little robot, 01060623 e made it to the North Pole at last. And Elfie finally became an orthodontist, as had always been his dream. After a long night of delivering toys... Cliff and Kendall came back to the North Pole to have a big breakfast with Santa and his elves. Oh, God, I think I ate too much. Oh, me too. Ho, 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 we are so fat. Santa, how is that eggnog? Perfect. Little bit of egg, little bit of nog. <laughs> <laughs> Santa, I wish Mrs. Claus had some salsa to go on these scrambled eggs. 
Elves love salsa? Oh, very much. It's just hard to get it delivered up here. If only there was a way for us elves to make our own salsa. Kendall, Santa, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, there was even one Christmas miracle left for old Finnis to scrangle. He sold all his leftover salsa makers to the elves and was even asked to come back to the North Pole to help design new toys for next Christmas. Because on Christmas... As was said long ago, there should be peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. Kendall, this is the best Christmas ever. You're right about that, Cliff. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. When trouble came around, we answered the sound. Peril was in the air, there was danger everywhere. But every Christmas gets its hero to bring the cheer and help the snow. We just saved Christmas this year. Oh, the reindeer, they were flying. And Santa sure was trying, but alone he could not do it. So we had to get to it, cause every Christmas needs its hero to bring the cheer and help the snow. We just saved Christmas this year. The mistletoe is hanging, carols the choir is singing. The gifts are open neath the tree And that, that means, means Merry Christmas, Christmas to you and me Every Christmas needs its hero To bring the cheer and help the snow We, we just saved Christmas this year We just saved Christmas this year we just saved Christmas this year. Merry Christmas to all. Ho, 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 ho. And to all a good night. better watch out you better stay tuned for another dose of cliff and kendall christmas cheer that's what i call it it's a canadian alps christmas starring cliff and kendall and their whole gang oh what wacky shenanigans did they get up to in canada well you got to stay tuned to find out Tonight on Cliff and Kendall, Coast to Coast. Christmas in the Canadian Alps. Oh, did you ever dare to dream of it, girl? <gasps> oh, my seven swans are swimming. Are you all right, dear? Kendall, <gasps> are you sure you should be walking? Maybe you should lean on Crockpot. Oh, my goodness. I'm fine. <gasps> it was close to you. It was not. Yes, it was. It was not. It was not. It was not. <gasps> I will not. 
Oh dear! Nothing now, Funky's upset! <gasps> I guess I just ruined Christmas! All over Bushel Town, but Cliff and Kendall were nowhere to be found. They were traveling up north on this winter day to spend Christmas in Canada. Hip, hip, hooray! Wow, this electric train sure is quiet. I know. I bet we could even hear a pin drop, like in those old phone commercials Murphy Brown narrated. Hey, I know. Let's try it. I have a pin right here. I did hear that. I think Murphy Brown meant the kind of pin you spell with an I. Like a big wooden clothespin? Of course you'd hear that, especially if the floor were uncarpeted. It'd probably bounce and clank all over the place. Why are we talking about this again? Talking about what? It doesn't matter. Look out the window! We're surrounded by the majestic beauty of the Canadian Alps! My breath is taken away! <laughs> Whoa! This beautiful majesty of these snow-covered peaks has to be seen to be believed. Where are Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn? They've got to see these mountains! They were checking on Crockpot and the kids in their compartment down the hall. They had to change Funky's shirt after Charles the Contractor spit up all over it. Oh, gross! You know he has terrible motion sickness. <gasps> what? Oh, nothing. I just looked out at the mountains again, and like a cat in the night, they stole my breath away. Just look. <gasps> Told ya. I've got to take a picture to remember this moment. I think my camera's in one of these bags up here. Why don't you take one with your phone? I want to use my new funky vintage Polaroid camera I got over in East Busheltown. At that cool store where I bought that satin jacket with Laverne and Shirley on it. The one I'll be able to wear as soon as I lose 80 pounds. Here it is. The astounding appearance of the Canadian Alps sure will make this a Merry Christmas. I just wish my beautiful wife Susan were here. I bet her Christmas in Beirut won't be half as beautiful. Hey, will you help me rearrange the luggage up here on this rack? I think the fluffy Santa hat I'm going to wear on Christmas Eve is getting smushed. Sure. Why did you bring all your stuff in these big black garbage bags? Well, okay. At home, I pulled out my suitcase, but before I could pack it, one of those fish-herding cats from the hatchery below my apartment jumped right in there, and he wouldn't move. Okay, take that bag and sit it over there. What did you bring? This weighs a ton. It's just 16 two-liters of Sprite Cranberry Zero. You know, it's the only thing I drink between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I even brush my teeth with it, like Renee Zellweger does with champagne. Well, it's really heavy. Oh, no. What's that? It was a blown glass snowman that Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn was giving to Mr. Snodbottom for Christmas. This is terrible. I think I just ruined Christmas. Quick, zip that back up and, I don't know, maybe we can replace it or glue it back together before we open presents. Hurry! Something tells me Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn will be coming in here any minute. I think you're right. I bet any second now they'll open that door to our train compartment. Just act natural. I'll play it cool. <gasps> is it them? No. Beauty of the Alps. Oh, good. <gasps> Alps? No, I spotted a shard of glass on the floor. It must be part of the smashed snowman. <gasps> I know! I'll pick up the glass and squeeze it in my hand tightly. Are you sure? That's the... Ow! Oh, dear! It sounds like you're in pain! Oh, candle bar. 
You haven't gotten your hand stuck inside another Pringles tube, have you? No. He was just so blown away by the majesty of the Canadian Alps outside our window that he was like, Ow, the beauty. That's right. The mountains outside are so pretty. Hurts. Ow. <laughs> Sounds like a bizarre response to me, boys. Don't you remember what the Weird Hot Chili Peppers had to say? I like pleasure spiked with pain and music is my aeroplane, is my aeroplane. Remember? Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, I don't know what any of this has to do with spicy vegetables, but it doesn't matter now. You must hear this recording of funky singing Jingle Bells. It's simply incredible. I think she may be a musical prodigy. She's an incredible entertainer. We may have another Margaret O'Brien on our hands. I'm glad we're all sitting down because I think our socks are about to be knocked off. Oh my, hit the play button, dear. Jingle bell, jingle bell, oh, jingle all the way. It's too far, it's too See what I mean? I have to get Crockpot to send this recording to my friends at Juilliard. <laughs> it was adorable. Yep. I almost forgot about the pain the Alps are causing me. I wonder if a three-year-old can compete on that delightful singing competition show with the spitting chairs. <laughs> well, if not, I'll bet they make an exception for her. Bonky's got talent. Yes! <laughs> and I think her pitch may be even more perfect than yours, Cliff. Let's not go crazy. Christmas in the Canadian Alps. Oh, did you ever dare to dream of it, girl? Oh, my gently falling snowflakes, no. This whole experience has been quite the whirlwind. I'll never forget how it all began. Dear, it seems there's a fax for you, girl. An opius right in the middle of his rye formula. Could you take him? Of course. Come here, son. Daddy's got a baba for you, boy. Why, this fax is from the city council. They've chosen me to be the Busheltown's first global rye ambassador. Oh, oh. that must be the highest honor ever bestowed upon a Busheltown citizen. I agree. It says here they want me to speak all over the world about the benefits of consuming rye, starting right before Christmas in the Canadian Alps. Did you hear that, little Opie? You're spending your first Christmas in Canada. Praise Christ the newborn king. Amen. Then they want to send us all over the globe, to Spain, Morocco, North Korea, Bhutan, Estonia, Cuba, Latvia, Laos, Malawi, Mexico, and Myanmar, and another long list besides. Oh, my erupting volcanoes, what should we do? Is it right to take Funky out of preschool, just so I can extol the virtues of rye to the world? And what about Cliff and Candle and their little show? <laughs> I think they would be devastated if we left them. You're right! Wait! I have an idea! I'm so glad you thought of taking us along. And our glass recording booth. I bet doing shows from all over the earth will finally put us on the map. Oh, boys. <laughs> Let's just say if this doesn't do it, nothing will. Whoa! What a lodge! Candleboy, are you sure you should be walking? Maybe you should lean on Crockpot. Oh my goodness! I'm fine. The free doctor at the train station said I didn't lose that much blood. My bleeding hand was just an ordinary case of, uh, half stigmata. Half stigmata? <laughs> I don't recollect ever hearing of that before. Me neither. I just wonder which Hollywood celebrity will stand up and host a fundraiser for half-stigmata victims. Probably not Renee Zellweger. She's too busy making egg salad by boiling eggs in champagne. 
As long as everyone's okay, that's all that matters. Oh, this is a gorgeous lodge. It's so indescribably beautiful. I won't even attempt to describe it. Yes! Crackpot, dear, would you mind taking Funky and Opie upstairs to their room? I don't want them to wake up from their naps just yet. Okie dokie. Oh, has anyone seen Charles the Contractor? Oh, hey, I'm right here. Oh, if you're going to use the facilities, please close the door. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's not a door to this uh, particular toilet. It's right here. Your hand is on the doorknob. Uh, sorry, I must have been confused. I, I think the doors are on the other side of the wall up here in Canada or something. Well, it's Christmas, so let's just move on, shall we? Charles, would you please take that luggage up to my room? Uh, sure thing. I just gotta go out to the balcony and uh, air out my sweat socks first. They're really living up to their name today, I tell you. Dear, I'm afraid it's time for you-know-what. Oh, yes. Boys, we'll have to catch up with you later. I, I have to give Mr. Snotbottom a bowel massage. It's part of a new plan by my bowelologist. I'm trying an unregulated drug, and there are some strange side effects. One of which is a high risk for a seizure of the bowels. But these thrice-daily bowel massages are supposed to keep that from happening. So, if you'll pardon us... Sure, we understand. While that's happening, let's try and put their blown glass snowman back together. I hope they won't notice that one shard is missing. You know, the shard you gripped in your hand? Yes, the one the doctor said was too deeply embedded to pull out and my hand would just have to heal over it. Sealing that tiny sliver of a snowman within me forever. I have some scotch tape in the garbage bag with the gifts I brought for everybody. I'll just get that. Uh-oh. I think I brought the wrong garbage bag. This isn't the one with the gifts in it. But what's in that garbage bag? Garbage. But you had our gift for Mrs. Potter, but a better turn. We went in on it together. I know. I know we split the price. We spent three hours at the Gasville Ladies Hat Superstore picking the right one. I guess I just ruined Christmas. Wait, maybe there's something in my trash she'd like. I doubt it. You're right. What would she do with an empty pizza box or a bunch of pamphlets about raising your credit score? Cliff, we have to be quick. It's almost time for Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn's speech about Rye on the Town Square. I'm not the one who just spent ten minutes attempting to do a magic trick for that Canadian Mountie outside. It's not my fault I had to keep starting over. I'm not used to pulling Canadian money out of people's ears. Speaking of that Canadian Mountie, it was more like Canadian Mount Me, am I right? <laughs> he was looking like George of the Jungle era Brendan Fraser. We don't have time for your weird fixations. Like you've never made me listen to anything weird? What about all those poems you wrote about Susan's male and heavy breasts? Shut up! I read those to you in confidence. Listen, idiot. I think we're just snapping at each other because we've ruined Christmas. So let's just forgive and forget like the three wise men did when Mary took back the frankincense and exchanged it for a diaper genie. Okay, let's find a gift in this gift shop and then rush back to the town square before anyone notices we're gone. I'll find something for Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn in that owl with the doilies. You go to customer service and see if they have anything resembling a blown glass snowman. Got it. Then, ask if, since this is Canada and Ryan Gosling is Canadian, see if they have anything he ever touched or sat on would be even better. I will not. Excuse me, I'm looking for a very important gift for a beloved friend and I'm hoping you can help me. How about a toe ring that says, Welcome to Canada? Uh, no, I'm looking for a blown glass snowman. I, I crushed one earlier with a garbage bag of Sprite Cranberry Zeros and I need to replace it. Lucky for you, we do have a large assortment of blown glass figures. Yes? 
But unlucky for you, I sold our last blown glass snowman to a man from Tennessee who was headed to Pennsylvania for the holidays. Kept talking about homemade pumpkin pie, but that's neither here nor there, my friend. Well, darn! Do you have anything that looks kind of like a blown glass snowman? Hmm. We got a blown glass Buddha in the religious section. Or in the food section, a blown glass Kool-Aid man. And a blown glass Mr. Peanut. Is the blown glass Mr. Peanut wearing a top hat? Mm, he is. I'll take it. Coming right up. I found something perfect for Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. Great! What is it? A floral cozy to keep plastic rain bonnets in. That is perfect. With these replacement gifts, that marks nine Christmases in a row. Saved by us. Hi, Christmas Five. <laughs> That was an incredible speech you delivered tonight, dear. Thank you, my sweet Mr. Snodbottom. I just hope the friendly Canadians in attendance really took my message about Rye to heart. Undoubtedly, girl. Won't you please come to bed? Tomorrow's Christmas Eve and we've got a full day planned. And I need you to give Mr. Snodbottom his goodnight kiss before I rush off to dreamland. I'll be lying beside you shortly, my love. Just let me finish this cigar. (laughs) You know, my Uncle Pepperoni always said a cigar every night keeps the doctor out of sight. (laughs) And he lived to be over 140 years old. Oh, yes, dear. I'm sure that really happened. Oh, no. That oil painting of a moose is a bit off balance. Uh, but to fix that, or I'll never get any sleep. Oh, my seven swans are swimming. Are you all right, dear? The biologist said excessive tripping was one possible side effect of my experimental medication. Well, I'm not sure it's worth it if you break all the bones in your body, dear. And what's that smell? And that smoke? Oh, I seem to have started a small fire with my cigar. Quick, cover the fire with that poinsettia pattern dress I laid out for tomorrow. It's made of plain retarded material. Oh my, that was a close one. The only thing that burned was this gaily wrapped package. Oh no, that was our gift for Kendall, Houdini's original high school diploma. Now it's a pile of ashes. Oh no. And now I seem to be having a vowel attack brought on by shame and regret, dear. Look out! Oh, it's too late. Your bowel attack filled that gift bag on the floor. That was our gift for Cliff. Why didn't I wrap it in a box instead of putting it in a bag that anyone could defecate in before Christmas morning? I don't think he'll want the scarf worn by Bette Midler in the From a Distance music video if it's soaked in bowel waste. Oh, I feel terrible, dear. I have ruined Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. If I could take a moment during this wonderful breakfast to remind us all why we celebrate this holiday, it's because of a boy from a barn born a millennium ago. Well said, dear. And if there's a way to brighten this already beautiful morning, it's by singing this song. Please hold your applause and conversation until the end. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright, round yon 
virgin mother and child Holy infant so tender and mild Charles! Cliff is singing about our Lord! And if you don't stop that, he'll start the song all over again. Oh, sorry. Uh, it looks like somebody clogged the commode. <laughs> well, it's not proper etiquette to discuss such matters at the Christmas Eve breakfast table. I do believe Crockpot had a similar problem last night. If you wiggle the handle, the, uh, the mass should make its exit. Didn't that work for you, Crockpot? Oh, yes. Oh, all right, I'll give that a shot, but uh, I did have about a pound of Canadian bacon, so I don't know. Oh, dear. Okay, Cliff, why don't you continue with the song? Just start with the second verse. No need to repeat the first one. We all loved it so much the first time, right, everybody? Oh, yes, it was lovely. Very moving, boy. Are you sure I shouldn't start over? Yes. yes. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory streams from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. Cry. Charles! There's dirty water flooding out under the carpet. Oh, uh, sorry. I was hoping nobody would notice. Oh, dear. No, but now Funky's upset. Crockpot, would you take Funky and Opie into the other room before this scars them for life? Alrighty. Oh my, someone seems to have dropped a sausage link on the floor beside my slipper. I'll simply spear it with my fork. Stop! We didn't have any sausage links for breakfast. Whoa, whoa. Oh, God, now he's going to have a bowel attack. I guess we're just forgetting about my song then. Kendall, you'll be happy to know Mr. Snodbottom's new experimental medication has greatly reduced the number of bowel attacks he has each week. He averages less than three a day now. Whoa. <laughs> yes, so I'll just take my plate to the dishwasher. Whoa, whoa. Of course, there are some side effects. <laughs> just a touch of excessive falling down. <laughs> Nothing to worry about, dear. Will anyone interrupt us in here, in the walk-in pantry where we are? No, they're all outside looking for Mr. Snodbottom's cufflinks in the snow. What if they find it? They won't. You I... already found it? You're keeping it until we're done switching out the smash glass snowman? Now that's a good plan. You're right, that's better than my plan. Which was? I found the cufflink, then I swallowed it. Well, he'll get it back eventually. Right, okay, let's switch the gifts. Wait, what's that on the shelf behind you, in that yellow box? Um, limited edition holiday peppermint wheat thins? Oh, I gotta try those. Ooh, and behind them, limited edition holiday eggnog Doritos. I've been dying to get some of those. How mm. are they? <laughs> Great. God, the only thing better than eggnog Doritos is eggnog nog. <gasps> Look up on that top shelf. Is it more limited edition holiday snacks we need to try? No. It's a five-gallon can of Thousand Island dressing. And bad news. It's teetering. Uh-oh. Get that help. Oh, shit. And smash our replacement for the other thing we smashed. Why didn't you drop those eggnog Doritos and catch it? Me? Why didn't you drop the peppermint wheat thins? It was closer to you. It was not. Yes, it was. It was not. It was true. It was not. It was true. 
But at least we still have Mrs. Potter, but a butter turns rains on it, Rosie. Oh, no we don't. The breaking glass shredded it. Well, see it. Sunset is the most gorgeous I've ever seen. The only sight more lovely than a Christmas Eve sunset in the Canadian Alps is you, dear. Why aren't Crockpot and the kids out with us? Crockpot said Funky and Opie wanted to make a special gift for us all, and she's helping them in the lodge garage. Where's Charles the contractor? He ran to the store to buy Tofung's medication. Oh, it's getting awfully cold out. As soon as the sun dips below the Alps, we really ought to get inside. I wonder how cold it is. I'll find out. My Apple Watch has that technology. It's 18 degrees. And there goes the sun. Ooh, let's go inside and put something hot in our mouth. Hey, look over there. I never noticed that in the lodge backyard before. Oh, it appears to be a cave. Oh, I always loved caves as a young boy, dear. Can we take a look, please? If it will make your yuletide gayer, then why not? Oh, thank you, dear. Oh, my. Come along, boys. I think we're in for a real treat. Cool, I love caves. They're like mystery hallways. Boys, look at how smooth the walls are. Why? Once, many eons ago, this cave might have been home to some cave Canadians. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Yes, dear, but I don't like that icy breeze. I wouldn't be surprised if we came down with the sniffles if we stay out much longer. Ew, I hate the sniffles. I just want to take a picture of you guys with my funky vintage Polaroid camera, then we gotta go. Hurry, I'm freezing my baguettes off. Hey, I forgot I had this flask full of Sprite Cranberry Zero in my fanny pack. Since when do you have a fanny pack? Well, I was just thinking to myself one day about how much I love Fanny Bryce, the part Barbara played in Funny Girl and Funny Lady, and also Fanny Flagg, author of Fried Green Tomatoes and Frequent Match Game Panelist. Never mind, just take the picture. Okay, hold on. Some of this Sprite Cranberry Zero went down the wrong way. I just have to... Oh my! Sorry, I just couldn't keep that one in. Shut up! What's that sound? I think it's an... Trapped in this cave. The entrance is covered with snow thicker than the rye growing in Busheltown. Kendall, can't your Apple Watch get us out of this? Yes, I'll text Crockpot and tell her to go get a shovel. Oh no, the text won't go through. It must be because of the cave. Damn it, we're stuck. And if we never noticed this cave in the daylight, maybe no one else did either. Don't say it, dear. I can't bear the thought. God, it's so cold in here. Yes, boy. I believe my feet are frozen. You know, I... I read in People magazine that after a, a long day on the set, Renee Zellweger soaks her feet in room temperature champagne. Maybe we can claw our way out from the side. You're right! You're wrong! The snow's packed solid as a rock! Don't panic! I'm sure we'll be found. The sun might even melt the snow tomorrow. We just have to stay warm until then. We're in a dark cave surrounded by snow. How do you expect us to do that? Well, we've got to huddle together. And the best way to share body heat is for all of us to get naked. Oh my, is that proper etiquette? Oh, seems a bit unseemly there, Candlebar. The Discovery Channel says it's the best way. 
They did invent Shark Week. I'll do anything to see the smiling faces of my children on Christmas morning. So, watch out! I'm about to strip down. <laughs> Your devotion to motherhood is inspiring, dear. Uh, and I suppose it is a bit ironic that we'll be in our birthday suits on the birthday of Christ the Newborn King. Uh, we need to lay down and smush together. This is not how I expected to spend Christmas Eve. I thought maybe we'd drink hot cocoa and sit by a roaring fire, then long about midnight I'd look out the window and spot someone flying in a sleigh over the Alps. And then I'd say something real cool like, Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Vixen and Blitzen and all his reindeer pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. Hear those sleigh bells jingle jangle, oh what a beautiful sight. Jump in bed and cover up your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Come Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He'll come around when chimes ring out, it's Christmas time again. Peace on earth will come to all if we just follow the light. Let's give thanks to the Lord above, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, oh, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Vixen and Blitzen and all the reindeer, they're pulling on the reins. <laughs> Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So jump in bed and cover up your head, because Santa Claus comes tonight. Peace on earth will come to all if we just follow the light. here naked in the dark with all of you, it's somehow easier to appreciate the important things in life. Maybe because our sense of sight's been taken away, our sense of love and joy have grown. I bet this is how Stevie Wonder feels all the time. And I think it's true that Santa doesn't care if you're rich or poor, and we're all God's children. You're right. I love how we embrace diversity and all love all the people of the world. Remember how Kendall did that magic show to benefit the NAACP? And you took the entire Busheltown trans community out for ice cream? Well, don't give me the Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award just yet. I did have a coupon. Hey, does anybody hear that? What? It's a tiny hissing sound. You don't think there's a snake in here, do you? Oh, heavens, not a serpent! Oh, oh, there seems to be something biting my ankle, dear. No, no, that was just my toenail. But what is that sound? I think I hear it. It's coming from the snow, trapping us in here. No, I hear it too! Oh my god, I see light! Me too! The snow is melting! I, I feel it dripping on my face and it's warm! That didn't smell like snow, it smells like... Oh dear, it smells like number one! Oh, hey, who's back there? I'm trying to write my name in the snow! Oh, 
got him covered in Charles the Contractor's pee. <laughs> Can you look on the bright side? His pee set us free. It melted the snow covering the cave. Looks like Charles the Contractor saved Christmas. Hallelujah. Oh, good work, boy. Oh, hey, it wasn't nothing. Um, are all y'all naked? Hey guys, I think we learned so much this Christmas just from being stuck in a cave and whatever else happened that this learning is really the gift. What I think he's trying to say is that we shouldn't even exchange gifts this year, right? Yes, because of the learning. Oh, wonderful idea, boys. Isn't it, dear? Oh, yes. Because uh, Christmas is, is really about love and peace and goodwill to all. Right. But can we get out of this cold cave and into some hot chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, how come ain't nobody wearing clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, Cliff. Merry Christmas, Kendall. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and spirit reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born Have you ever heard of someone being visited by ghosts on Christmas Eve? Yes. How about two someone's being visited by ghosts on Christmas Eve. (gasps) No. I hope not, or all that follows may not seem wondrous, but it might. It may be. There's a possibility. There's a possibility of wonder. So hold on to your listening device and settle in for a Cliff and Kendall Christmas Carol. Breaker Breaker 2-5, this is Christmas Carol. I got a lot of toys heading for Santa's workshop, and I'm less than an hour outside the North Pole drop-off. Over. Christmas Carol, you're cleared for entry. Proceed with cheer. Over. That's a big 10-4. Oh, hello. I didn't notice you getting in my truck. I'm glad you stopped by. It gets kind of lonely driving the big rig out on these long runs. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to, you know? Because out on the road, you experience so much. Well, i got a million stories. What's that? You'd like to hear one? Well, okay. Let's see. It's so close to Christmas now, I think I know the perfect story. The story about the year Cliff and Kendall lost their Christmas spirit. What's that? You love Cliff and Kendall stories? You're one of their biggest fans? Well, then you're in luck. Cliff and Kendall were fat to begin with. But if you're familiar with these guys, you already knew that. It all started two days before Christmas. It's almost time for the day's staff meeting at Cliff and Kennel Studios. There were big things to discuss, and Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn were on their way to the conference room. I'm so excited for this Christmas show tomorrow night! Yes, dear. All our plans seem to be coming together at last. I've even got a big surprise for them. I just hope they're in a good mood today. Well, if there are snacks in the conference room, there will be. Oh, 
don't say anything like that so loudly. I know those two ceaselessly make wisecracks about their weight, but they've been very touchy about it lately. I wouldn't want to upset them, especially when I've got such a great surprise in store. Ah, thank you for warning me, dear. I've got a wonderful husband. Oh, Mrs. Butter 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 Churn, how you do go on? <laughs> I wonder where they are. This meeting is due to start any minute. Oh, there's Cliff's assistant now heading in. They'll be there soon. We should go in, especially if we want anything from the breakfast tray. <laughs> oh, no. Don't want to end up on Santa's naughty list. <laughs> I don't believe I've met Cliff's new assistant. Still so sad about Tyler, the old one. What a tragedy. Tell me about this new girl. Well, her name is Betty Cratchit, and she's from the temporary agency. That's about all I know, dear. Oh, well, let's go in. I want a Danish. Oh, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. My husband here says your name is Betty Cratchit. I'm delighted to meet you. Thank you, ma'am. It's an honor to finally meet you. I've heard so much about you. Oh, well, with such proper etiquette, I predict you'll go far. Betty, is there any chance you've seen Cliff or Kendall? No, sir. Confidentially, and I don't mean any disrespect, but Cliff was in such a foul mood this morning. I was relieved when he asked me to sit in the editing bay and search through old episodes for the funniest belches. I've been down there for the past four hours and haven't seen either of them since. Well, again, confidentially, I will agree our two hosts have definitely not been in the Christmas spirit this year. They've pretended on the air, but, well, as you know... They've been stomping around, banging drawers, violently yanking open the refrigerator door repeatedly day and night. They've been bulging in everywhere in a row. Sorry, we're late. Yeah, sorry. Betty, how many belches did you pull so far? I saved 40 funniest ones like you asked. They're in a file on I need more. Go back through the last 150 shows and pull the 42nd funniest belches. I want a good belch clip package ready to go, just, you know, in case of an emergency. Who ate all the Danish? If I may begin this meeting, now as we all know this year has been full of ups and downs for each one of us. We got a negative review in a podcast and journal. We had to sell our tour bus to pay some bills. It was called the Real Sass Express. Yes, it was. Our studio blew up in episode 199 and of course, there was Tyler. Oh no. Please do not start with Tyler. I cannot discuss that today, not with not with all that needs to be said. All that is to say, we've also had some ups. Episode 200, our studio has been refurbished, and, well, if I do say so myself, the high ratings of a certain wedding episode. Oh, yes! <laughs> and we're going to end the year on a high note. I just know it. With tomorrow night's Christmas Home Companion show in Bushertown. A live evening of music and frivolity, all in the name of a Christmas holiday that we all hold near and dear to our hearts. And speaking of that, I, I do have a special announcement. Uh, Mr. Snobbaum, I have an announcement to make as well. Uh, okay. Cliff and I were in the storage closet before the meeting. That's why we're late. You weren't stuck, were you? I thought that door was fixed. I, I can have Charles the contractor here by noon. Well, he'll say he'll be here by noon, but then I'll really see him around four. We weren't stuck. We were having a secret hosts-only meeting. You may have noticed that we've been acting strangely off the air for the last few weeks, and the downs you mentioned, Mr. Snodbottom, have definitely contributed to our behaviors. But the main reason is... What is it, Candle Boy? I'm sure it's a small problem. 
We're, we're fat. fat. We're like super fat. Like we're trying on things for the North Pole sketch for tomorrow night and Cliff ripped through 20 pairs of elf tights. Kendall had to take the stuffing out of the Santa suit just to get into it and even then he couldn't zip it up. Our fat has really reached the boiling point. And the tipping point in that if you tip us over we cannot get back up. So please do whatever you have to do. But Cliff and I have decided to cancel tomorrow's night show and thank you Mrs. Potterbutterbutterchurn for offering to have that Christmas party at your mansion afterwards but we're not coming. We're too fat for Christmas this year. So, we propose we start prepping the MLK Day show right now. Boys, I, I do ask you to reconsider. Oh, yes! Well, what will I tell the ticket holders? They'll show up at the Potterbutter Butter Turn Center for the Arts Expecting a Show! Yes, if you think of the fans and hear my surprise. Sorry, Christmas is over. Oh, boys, Mr. Snodbottom has worked so hard! Kendall, let's say it together. Bah humbug! So if there's anything else, we're gonna go to the writer's room to get them rolling on MLK Day. Oh, and Betty, I want to hear 40 more hilarious belches by five, and why don't you go ahead and order our dinner? I want lots of vegan options. And I want lots of dessert options. But don't order from, from that one place. Which one? Kendall, which place was it where they had the little kids making their deliveries? That was the one where we got the pasta. And the breadsticks. And the eggplant. And the macaroni. And that pizza. And the cheesecake. Oh, and the chocolate cake. Betty, it was the one with the Italian guy on the bags. He's holding the leaning tower of pizza up with a breadstick. Oh, all right. Uh, how many times did you order from there before you realized they had kids delivering their meals? We only ordered from there once. I don't know why you think we'd go back to a place that employed children. Okay, meeting adjourned. Oh, I can't believe it. I better go call the box office. Yes, I'll call the children's hospital and tell them not to send any of the kids. Mr. Snodbottom, could I ask, what was your surprise? Well, I've been looking for a guest vocalist for the Christmas show, and I'd finally gotten a soft yes from Josh Groban... <coughs> <coughs> Josh Groban's cousin, Stanley Groban, who lives in Bushletown. Better call his people as well. Oh, dear, our first Christmas together ruined! It seems you're right. Yes, in effect, Cliff and Kendall had canceled Christmas. What's that? Oh, I do agree. It seems pretty uncharacteristic of them. And you're right, they usually love Christmas and typically shove way too many Christmas episodes down everyone's throat each December. And you do have a point that having been so obese for so long, they should have been able to function through this one show. But you know how a zip pops up on your face and it just kind of sits there and it finally comes to a big gross whitehead? I think that's kind of what happened to Cliff and Ken. At least, that's the conclusion I've come to since I've had so much time to think about it out here on the road. Now where were we? Oh yeah, what was going to come along and pop that zip? Cliff and Ken were working later that day. MLK, MLK, MLK. We could do a song about MLK. I like it. Um, I, I have a dream, teenage dream. I dreamed a dream, dream on. These dreams go on when I close my eyes. My fat goes on when I close my eyes. Why can we not just fucking lose weight? <sighs> That's why God made January, Kendall. For snow and counting calories because you kind of forgot the whole last year. Look at this jiggle. There's no bowl that would hold all this jelly. There's no chimney that we could fit down. Not one. Not even like an industrial chimney somewhere that whole teams of chimney sweeps get inside and sweep out. I really get tired of thinking about how fat I am all day and night. Who wants to listen to a show about two fat, 
30-year-olds. Not to mention go see them on stage. Ugh, I hate it. Hi, sorry I'm a few minutes late. Your dinner's just got here. They had to send the order up on a couple different elevators. Do you have the belches? Do you have any soy sauce? Yes, and yes. Here's the disc of belches and the soy sauce. Thanks. Let's give this a listen. <laughs> Good enough for now. Tomorrow I want you to find the 10 weirdest weird news items, okay? Oh, why don't you just go ahead and make it the 20 weirdest? Okay, and anything else? Want soy sauce? Oh, here it is. Betty, call the best florist in Busheltown. That's Mrs. Pussybottom's Blooming Posies. And have them send some flowers over to the unmarked grave where my former assistant is buried. Um, I'm sorry. How do I tell them where the flowers go? God, just figure it out. I'm sorry, I will. Anything else before I go? Um. I'm sorry, Kendall, that's all the soy sauce they had. <laughs> there is one more thing. Tomorrow morning I'd like you to contact the newspaper about placing an ad for my permanent assistant. Oh. Oh. Okay. Good night. This noodle stuff's pretty good. Is there any left? Not a little. Oh, this is the dessert. What is it? Some kind of cake. Pretty good. Save me some. There's more in this bag, I think. Oh, look at the bag. Betty ordered from the place that hires kids. I bet some third grader delivered this. Are you sure they use kids? Yes, I saw it. Okay, it was from the window, and it was raining that night, but I know what I saw. I don't care. Just give me some of that cake. Oh, I got it. We can do a parody of the speech. The dream speech. Only it'll be equality for morbidly obese people like us. <laughs> exactly. Now pass that cake bag back this way. Cook and Kendall ate and worked long into the night, perfecting their upcoming MLK Day show. So immersed in their food and work were they, that when the clock struck midnight, neither of them mentioned that it had become Christmas Eve. Okay. Wouldn't it be funny if we had a million fat men march on Washington? <laughs> Washington isn't even big enough for just you and me, okay? And you want to invite a million men our same size? <laughs> It'd be like Independence Day. Monuments crashing and falling. <laughs> the White House exploding because one of us sat on it. <laughs> it's like Occupy This, right? We have been working too long. Everyone else left hours ago. Oh, if Betty was here, she could order us a late night snack. Wait. Did you hear that? I did then. What was it? Probably an alarm on my chair. I must have exceeded the weight limit. Oh, there it is again. Coming from the lobby. Let's investigate. It's that box. What is it? I don't know. My assistant always sits here. Press that blinking button. Okay, hopefully it makes food appear. Well, I have a food delivery for Cliff and Kendall. Uh, where are you? At the front door. Just buzz me in. Do we have an intercom? I guess. You have food for us? Yep, two late night specials. Sounds legit. Come on up! Did Betty order this for us earlier? Maybe it's from Mr. Snodbottom. He might be trying to butter us up, so we'll do that show tomorrow night. Giving us food when we canceled the show because we're so fat? The question is, do we stick with our policy to always accept all food bribes? No, not this time. We'll accept the food. But not the bribe, got it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she ordered from the same place again. It's a kid, I told you, look. Hey, I'm no kid, I'm an elf. What? That is offensive. Not really, because I am an elf. A Christmas elf. Working part-time as a spirit of Christmas past. And I'm here to bring back your Christmas spirit. 
So, you don't have any food? Cliff, you're missing the bigger picture here. Which is? Everything he just said. It has Mr. Snodbottom's scheme written all over it. But I'm the one who hatches harebrained schemes, not Mr. Snodbottom. No, it's no trick. Besides, can Mr. Snodbottom do this? Just take my hands, guys, and we will fly! Oh, okay. I doubt it. Alright, I'll grab your hands then. See, we're flying! No, we're not! Well, we should be. Are you both holding my hands? Yes. yes. Oh, not tonight. I'm double booked. Hold on, let me make a few phone calls. This story is fantastic, right? An elf moonlighting as the spirit of Christmas past appears just in time to give Cliff and Kendall a vital dose of holiday cheer. Of course, things got off to a rocky start. Yeah, I did. I was holding both their hands. Yeah, we should have been flying, but we never got off the ground. Hey, a limit? No, I didn't know there was a limit. Oh, yeah, way more than that. They weigh more than that each. Ooh, okay, yeah. Double capacity. Got it. But after some slight modifications, the story really takes off. Okay, now both of you take my hands. One, two, and we're off! Oh, Cliff, we're off the ground! What's going on? Kendall, it's real! Magic is real! We're Harry Potter! Really, I'm Harry Potter and you're Ron. Uh, no, really, we're both Hagrid. Hey guys, we're flying into the past. I've got to show you two younger co-hosts that really know how to honor and keep Christmas all year through. Cliff, is this real? Are we flying in outer space? It's as real as anything we've ever experienced. I feel like I'm in that movie, Contact. What movie's that? Jodie Foster. I don't know. She builds a spacecraft thing after they hear a code from space. Never heard of it. Google it. We're flying to a show you guys did one Christmas in the past. I hope we had eggnog back then. This flying is making me thirsty. What we see will merely be shadows of what was once and nothing more. What does that mean? It means you can't drink the eggnog. Soon they landed in the past. As they sat down, Kendall realized just when and where they were. I remember this place. It's the gymnasium of the old Busheltown High School. This must be five years ago. Yep, it's exactly five years ago tonight. You two are about to put on your first live Christmas show after this basketball game is over. Kendall, look, there's the old you over there setting up speakers. And there's the old Cliff. Well, the younger Cliff. The younger, thinner Cliff with more hair. You're over there buying us some roasted chestnuts. I don't remember that. Well, I think... Oh, that's why you ate them all while I was setting up the equipment. Let's go over and see what you guys are talking about. Look at those jeans I was wearing. I can't even button them anymore. And your bald spot was way smaller. Guys, if you knock it off and listen to your younger selves, we'll stop for pizza on the way back to the prison. Oh, I know a really good place we can stop in 2007. Whatever, just listen. Oh, Kendall, I'm so excited. Our first show in Busheltown. I know, Cliff and Kendall's Christmas Home Companion, live on the stage. <laughs> Who cares if the stage is in a high school gymnasium? So long as we're here to bring Christmas cheer to the masses. Just think, if we can do another show next year, we might be able to broadcast it on our podcast. <gasps> I really hope Mr. Snobbottom Steel goes through and we get our own show. If we do get our own show, imagine all the possibilities we'll have to do Christmas specials. Oh, the game's over. Mr. Snodbottom is about to introduce us. Can you help me lift this speaker into place? I would, but I, I need to go get some more holly to wrap around the microphones. Hello, everyone. I'd like to congratulate the visiting Smackover Serpents on their victory this evening. We'll get them next time, Busheltown. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who would like to stick around, 
I got two big old boys who are synonymous with Christmas. They're Cliff and Candle, and they're here tonight to entertain you with their Christmas home companion. They call it a, uh, let's see here, a loving tribute to Garrison Keeler, Santa Claus, and Baby Jesus in that order. Ooh, I can feel the charisma spirit in the air. Yeah, we were pretty excited back then. Hey, elf spirit, can we stay here in the past and watch the whole show? Oh, yeah. Remember when I sang White Christmas and Kendall, you dropped all those soap flakes we were using as snow on me at once? And at the end of the show, we turned up the lights and only the janitor was still there? No. Oh, and that homeless woman? Yeah, it was even Christmassy waiting for the ambulance. Ambulance? The homeless woman was unconscious. But it was a really fun night. It was easier to have fun then. Yeah, look at those jeans I was wearing. And my shirt was tucked in. When was the last time I could do that? Guys, you're missing the point. The spirit in the air that night was from Christmas. Not comfortably fitting jeans or tucked in shirts. It's Christmas in the heart that puts Christmas in the air. Now take my hands. I've got a schedule to keep tonight. We've got a fly. Uh, don't forget we're stopping for pizza. Cliff and Kendall held fast to the spirit of Christmas past as they flew back towards the present day. Finally, they landed back in the studio. Now, why couldn't we get pizza? I've got more stops to make tonight, okay? Look, here's some soy sauce packets. Ooh! You will be visited by two more spirits tonight. We can't push them till tomorrow, can we? It's getting kind of late. No! The next ghost will appear when the bell tolls one. Are they bringing anything to eat? When the bell tolls one. Where did that cake left? Um, one piece. Let's split it. Okay, here's your half. I think your piece is bigger. Mm-mm. Oh, hello, boys. I see I've caught you eating. <laughs> Are you the spirit of whose coming was foretold to us? Yes, I am the spirit of Christmas present. And if you'll put down that cake, I've got some things to show you. One sec. I said put it down. Time is rushing past and we've got to fly. Come forth and know me better, boys. <laughs> Come on, Kendall. Okay, done. Now we fly! <laughs> Whoa! What are we seeing this time, Spirit? We're going to the home of Cliff's assistant, Betty Cratchit. I want you to see how even in the direst circumstances, the Christmas spirit can still shine through. Since it's the present, will we be able <laughs> No! You won't be able to eat anything. Hold tight, we're coming in for a landing! <laughs> Is this where Betty Cratchit lives? She lives upstairs in this apartment building. Quickly, let's follow that guy inside so we don't have to ring the bell. <laughs> Can't we walk through walls and stuff? Aren't these just shadows of what may be, or shadows of what's gonna be tomorrow or something? Oh, yes, dear, but after 9-11 safety regulations and such, you know, oh, it's one flight up! This building smells. It smells worse than our office. Well, it smells worse than my side of the office. Okay, here we are! Oh, here comes Betty! She can't see us, right? No, we are but observers here. I'm home, everyone! Quick, walking behind her! Betty's a crazy cat lady. There's got to be 30 cats in here. Oh, goodness, more than that. And all of them rescued from the street. Hello, everyone. Hi, Muffin, Buster, Winona, Snowflake, Madison, Raggedy Ann, Little Diane, Big Diane, Morton, Hello, Huckleberry, Whitey, Blackie, Sandy, Bushful, and... Oh, has anyone seen Teeny Tammy? Teeny Tammy! Oh, there you are. That cow is hiding in a teacup. 
It's it's so teeny. And look, it has a little cast on each of its four paws. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't like when little animals or little robots get hurt. We must watch Cliff. Watch and learn. Teeny Tammy, I missed you while I was at work today. Aren't you just the cutest little thing? Who's ready for dinner? She has food bowls for each cat with their names painted on them. How does she afford that on her temporary assistant salary? Betty's learned to stretch a dollar all right. Her heart's as big as the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. Not that you would know. Just because she doesn't look like Zac Efron, you've shown no interest in who she is at all. I guess that's pretty crappy of me. But look, she seems to be doing okay. I'm so proud that none of Mommy's kitties knocked over the Christmas tree today. I think there will be a little extra catnip in all your stockings tomorrow night. She's got a Christmas stocking for each cat. Oh, and Teeny Tammy's stocking's so teeny. And let's not forget to thank the founders of the feast, Cliff and Kendall. <coughs> now, 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 even though Cliff could treat me kinder and with more respect and listen to my ideas for the show once in a while, since when does she have ideas for the show? Since always! You just haven't been listening! Cliff and Kendall still made this feline feast feasible. And to them, I am thankful. Look at her little Christmas tree. I think she actually strung up that popcorn herself. And beneath it, Kendall, she's bought a gift for each of us. And did you get her anything? No. I've been so wrapped up in my grief over Tyler, I haven't been treating her like a person at all. I've forgotten what bits of humanity are all about. Cliff, look beside that enormous litter box. The notebook. Ideas for Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. Wow, it's full of ideas for shows. Batso's on a train. Cliff and Kendall do a show from a train. I like it. So it's more Safety Week, the importance of laughter. Ooh, and she thinks we should do a show about January Awareness Month. Oh, why did we never think about that? How much more there is to life than thinking of your own obesity? Attention, kittens! It's that time again. Let's sit around the tree and sing carols. Okay, everyone. Hark the herald angels sing. Betty sure cares a lot to take in all these cats. So shines a good deed in a weary world. Come, boys, my time on earth draws to a close. Are you dying, spirit? No, I just have an appointment to keep on another planet. Take my hand as we journey back to the studio. And back to the studio they went. The night was almost over, but Cliff and Kendall still had one more visitor to meet. Spirit, I feel we've learned so much already. That's a great attitude, Kendall. It will help when you meet the next spirit. Oh, spirit of Christmas present, must you go? Yes, I've got to be running along as fast as I can run at my age. <laughs> May I ask, how old are you? Well... Seeing as it's Christmas, I'll forgive this one breach in etiquette. I'm over a thousand years old! Wow! Although I feel practically that old now that I'm 30. Kendall, my mood's on an upswing. Let's not ruin it. I must be going now, but the next spirit will arrive when the bell tolls, too. Which is now? Oh, Kendall, look. What's coming out of the storage closet? Is that the next spirit? It is! That is the spirit of Christmas yet to come! Go forth and know him better, boys! Kendall, I'm frightened. Me too! He looks just like the spirit of Christmas future from the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, and he also kind of looks like death. Wait, where did the spirit of Christmas present go? She disappeared. 
Should we go meet the new spirit? I guess we've got no choice. Spirit of Christmas yet to come. We are ready to learn whatever it is you have to teach us. Kendall, this is too scary. What if we've just got to go with it? Oh, spirit, show us what you will. Frightening spirit of Christmas yet to come extended his long claw-like hands and Cliff and Kendall flew into the night into the future. Kendall, where are we? I don't know. I've never been to this apartment before. Look at the pictures on the wall. There's something familiar about the girl in the photos. Oh yeah. How do we know her? <gasps> Look at the name on this piece of junk mail. <gasps> oh my god, it's Candy Chung. She's a fan who writes to us on Facebook. Spirit, what does Candy Chung have to do with anything? <laughs> okay, I've got to get off the phone now. I'm home. Yep, I have the whole night planned. I'm going to curl up next to the fireplace and listen to my favorite show. Aw, she must mean us. Sure, I'll send you the link to their blog. Okay, bye now. This is exciting to hear our show from the future. I wonder what we'll sound like. Oh, great. The new Christmas episode is up. I guess we found our Christmas spirit. But this must be way in the future. We've changed our theme song again. I'm Jessica. And I'm Johnny. And this is the Jessica, Jessica and Johnny, Johnny show. show. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's get this Christmas show off to a Christmas start. Away in the future on the internet. Kendall, that's not our show. Duh. Spirit, what's going on? I thought Candy Chung loved our show. Uh, maybe she'll listen to it next. Let's check her computer. All right, let me see Open iTunes. I know how to find a podcast. Oh, and look at this. She doesn't even subscribe to our show anymore. Were we too offensive? Maybe she turned into a hardcore Republican. I'll just search for us in the iTunes store. Oh, here we are. Oh, thank God. Wait, what does that say? When did our last show come out? Our last episode went up on June 1st, 2012? What did we call it? Episode 234, We're Giving Up. Kendall, this is terrible. If we continue on like this, we'll be off the air in six months. We've got to do the Christmas show tomorrow night. For Candy Chung. And Betty. And for Mr. Snodbottom. Mrs. Potter Butterpurse. Yeah. And Teeny Tammy. Oh, Spirit. We have learned. We will keep Christmas in our hearts all year through. No matter how fat the bodies that surround our heart becomes. Spirit wants us to come with him. What could be scarier than a world where we're off the air? Cliff and Kendall flew through the night with the spirit of Christmas yet to come. Moments later, they again found themselves outside Betty Cratchit's apartment. I can hear the cats inside, but it smells a lot worse. Spirit, is, is Betty coming? I think he wants us to try the door. It's open. Oh, it smells awful in here. Don't look at that litter box unless you want a porch. I think I know why we're here. Look at the feeding dishes. I think one's missing. Right. Last time there was a teeny one at the end. Teeny Tammy's dish is gone. And all the cats are over in the kitchen. What, what are they? Oh, God! Spirit, no! It's Betty! She's dead and the cats are eating Betty! Oh, God, half her face is gone! Betty and Teeny Tammy are dead! Oh, Spirit, please, we'll change our ways. Our obesity will no longer rule our lives. Spirit, please take us back. We promise to change. We promise to change. <laughs> As Cliff and Kendall clung to the spirit of Christmas yet to come, these horrific visions faded away, and soon they found themselves back in the studio. It was dark inside, but outside, 
a new day was dawning. Cliff, it's over. We're back in our office. What day is it? Check your phone. It's 7 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Oh, it felt like weeks, but the spirits did it all in one night. We can still make things right. I gotta find Betty. I don't want Teeny Tammy to die. Or for those other cats to eat her face. Not bad either. I bet that's Mr. Snodbottom coming in. Let's go tell him tonight's show is still on. I hope he didn't cancel everything yet. Mr. Snodbottom. Yes, Candleboy. Great news. If it's not too late, we want to do the show tonight. What? Really? What brought about your change of heart? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Cl- Cliff, should we tell him? We just did a lot of thinking and we realized we've been treating everyone badly because we feel bad about ourselves. And we almost ruined Christmas. Can you imagine us ruining Christmas? We're the ones who usually have to save it. Well, whatever the reason, I'm glad the show's back on. I'll go get the ball rolling. Oh, what was the surprise you had for us? (laughs) I believe we've got a celebrity to appear tonight. Josh Groban. What? Josh Groban? Josh Groban's cousin, Stanley Groban. That's pretty good. I've got to go, boys. Oh, it's going to be a Merry Christmas after all. I'm going to go and let out that Santa suit so I can fit it on stage tonight. Great. I'll start wrapping Holly around the microphones. <laughs> oh, good morning, Betty. Good morning. I set up late and compiled more belches for you. That's good. And here, I drafted a one ad for your new assistant. Good. I'm going to need that. I'll just put my things down. <laughs> Betty, wait. I'm going to need a new assistant but I'd like to talk to you about another job. What do you mean? I'd like to offer you a job as a writer on Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. With a significant raise, I promise you. A writer? Me? Oh, I've got so many ideas about a show, about motivating yourself, or, or a salute to desserts. You have great ideas, Betty. I'm sorry I haven't listened to them before now. Oh, this is such terrific news. I can afford that really big scratch and post my cats have been wanting. You'll have all the scratch and post money can buy. Now, why don't you go set up in the writer's room? I want to see ten new Christmas jokes before the show tonight. Oh, you got it. Hey, do you think we have any extra thread around here? I'm all out and I still need to let out that Santa suit about ten more inches in the seat. You could check the storage closet. Oh, good idea. Oh, it's the spirit of Christmas yet to come. He's back. Uh, what have we not learned? He's just standing there. Kendall, it's not a spirit at all. It's a coat rack with a black sheet on it. And it's duct taped to a roller skate so it can move. Look, under the sheet, it's a tape player. That means... Oh, boys, I... Uh-oh. It was all fake... Candy Chung's apartment flying into the past? Betty's face was eaten away. There was a Christmas elf. I'm afraid I have some explaining to do. Mr. Snodbottom, so many lies, so much deceit. You must really care about us. Well, it wasn't all me. Betty helped too, and... Wait, there was an elf here. The restaurant that you thought hired kids? Yeah. It's actually owned by a family of little people. Mr. Snodbottom had the idea to hire one of them for an hour last night. Oh, that's why he was in a rush. He had more pizzas to deliver. That explains the elf, but what about Betty's eaten away face? Just some old Halloween makeup. We went to the old Busheltown High School gym. That was all sound effects from your portable soundboard, boy. I've still got it in my purse. 
See? But we flew through the air, and we saw your cats. The sensation of flight was just wind from an old box fan. And here's my cat. Teeny Tammy. She's so teeny she fits in your coin purse. Okay, something's still up. It all felt so real last night. Now, I admit, we baked some hallucinogens into your desserts last night. I think that might have aided the process alone. <laughs> we just modified an old butternut rye crispies recipe. Wow. All the trouble you guys went to. So the delivery guy was Christmas past, the coat rack was Christmas yet to come, but who was the spirit of Christmas present? Was it our first lady, Ryan? Was it frequent guest star Alan? Who? Oh, dears, the cat's out of the bag, I see. <laughs> was it Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn? I never would have guessed. Guilty as charged. I'm just glad it worked out and Christmas has been saved. You know, we don't say it enough, but we really appreciate all you guys do here. I feel like we're all one big happy family. <laughs> one enormous family. Oh, teeny Tammy. I think she's trying to say, God bless us, everyone. What was that? I just got an email. It looks like Stan Groban can't make the show tonight. You know what that means. I'll have to sing all the solos. (laughs) I think this just became the best Christmas ever. And so it was. Cliff and Kendall did their live show, and everyone had a great Christmas. And they stayed true to their word. Truly it was said that Cliff and Kendall kept Christmas in their hearts all year long. And to Teeny Tammy, Cliff became like an uncle. Betty became a great writer for the show. And Mr. Snobbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Charm's first Christmas together was filled with love. What's that? You love that story? Well, me too. No, sorry, I don't have time for another one. I gotta drop this load of toys at the North Pole any minute. So I have to let you out here. You have a Merry Christmas now. And may you keep the Christmas spirit alive in your heart today and every day. And as Tinny Tammy observed, God blesses everyone. Record 2-5, this is Christmas Carol. I'm heading into the home stretch. Over. Ho, 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 ho. Don't touch that dial, anyone. Anyone. No, nobody. Nobody. This is Cliff and Kendall's House of Merriment, and it's a binge listening party, and it's going all night, y'all. Up next, we have Terry the Temp retelling the tale of one non-magic Christmas spent by Cliff and Kendall and their friends, the first Christmas they ever spent in Busheltown altogether. How was it? Just ask Terry the Temp. It was terrible. Well, you asked how it was, so I'm telling you, it was terrible. I may be a Temp, so I might not know a lot about a lot of things, but I know a little bit about a lot of things, and that's coming handy now and then. For instance, I once worked for two days at a theme park in Iowa. I was running the Tilt-A-Whirl, and the manager comes up to me and is like, Terry, can you tie a bow? And I said to her, can I tie a bow? You're only talking to someone who wrapped Christmas presents for two weeks last Christmas at Sears is going out of business. And while I may not know a lot about a lot of things, I do know how to tie a bow. Well, she laughed, and then I started tying strings on balloons, which isn't really so much about making a bow as it is about making loops. At least until I worked there. 
I tie my balloons with bows, you know, just to show them I could, and I hear that theme parks still make bows on their balloons, all because I did that one day. They talk about me, probably. But anyway, back to the Christmas I spent with Cliff and Kendall. This was the first Christmas since Cliff and Kendall had been forced to move the show from Los Angeles all the way to Busheltown. If you've never heard of the internet talk show Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast, don't worry, neither had I, until the temp agency sent me to their studio one day to guest host. But that's another story. Cliff and Kendall were both really excited to get out of Busheltown for Christmas. They missed being in a big city and missed their friends, I guess. Although, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard them mention anybody other than themselves. Just people with code names like their first lady and frequent guest star Alan. I'm pretty sure those people don't exist. But the whole thing started on Christmas Eve. And well, let me just start at the point where I got there. Oh, hey, Terry. Hey, Kendall. What brings you here on Christmas Eve? Aren't you going to be with your family? I was just about to leave for the airport. I'm going back to Los Angeles for Christmas, which isn't really Christmas at all, but it's still more Christmassy than staying in Busheltown, which is expecting a big windy dust storm later tonight. Hey, have a great trip to L.A. As for me, I've been out temping on the road for so long, I don't really have a family anymore. Hey, it's Terry. Terry, what are you doing here on Christmas Eve? Don't you have any friends to go see? I'm just about to leave for the airport. I'm going to Argentina. I'm going on the Evita reality tour. Do you think they let you take pictures of yourself doing the don't cry for me Argentina pose on that balcony? I may need a new memory card. My digital camera will only hold 70,000 pictures. I know an Evita reality tour isn't really very Christmassy, but it's not any less Christmassy than spending it here in Busheltown, which, Kendall, is supposed to have a big dusty windstorm later tonight, so I hope your plane gets to take off before that happens. Oh, me too. So, Terry, not spending Christmas with your friends? Well, I guess I've been on the road temping so long, I don't really have any friends. It's just me and my Toyota Camry. You could say I'm kind of a loner, a rebel, like that guy in that movie. You mean on the waterfront? She means Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, dearest. I hope no one is watching any Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> that crudeness always makes me so uncomfortable. No, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. Have no fear. Kendall was just getting another movie reference wrong. Oh, <laughs> well, sorry to complain immediately upon entering. It's not proper etiquette, you know, but I'm afraid I've just had some bad news, which I'll tell you about after I make amends by saying, Hello, Terry. <laughs> what brings you here on Christmas Eve? Haven't you a hearth to warm yourself by on this precious evening, dear? Don't worry about me, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. Terry the Temp always comes out okay. Oh, that's lovely, dear. What was the bad news? Well, it seems that the romantic holiday plans I'd had for Mr. Snodbottom and myself had fallen through at the last minute. We were going to stay at a Tahoe ski chalet owned by my good friend Diane Sawyer, but it seems she accidentally promised the chalet to both myself and Vicki Lawrence from TV's Mama's Family. <laughs> and, well, to keep a long story short, Mr. Snodbottom and I have got the old heave-ho! <laughs> oh no, Mrs. Butter 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 Turn, that's terrible! Oh, it's Susan. I better take this outside while I put my bags in the car. Do you need help? Yeah, could you grab that bag by my desk there? Oh, I was just going to call for Austin to come out here. Never mind. I guess I better be going too. But I do have one more question. Terry, it's always great to see you, but I am wondering what brought you out to our annex behind the KBSH station here. Did Mrs. Pussybottom hire you for some temp work? Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Mr. Snotbottom, dear, I have some terrible news. 
Terrible news! Susan can't spend Christmas with me in L.A. She has to go to Trinidad for an emergency business meeting. I thought this was the one time she wasn't going to do business on Christmas. In her defense, she was called in on this at the last minute because the person who was the head of the Trinidad Project has to stay in L.A. to go to an award ceremony where PETA is giving a Lifetime Achievement Award to that pig from Babe. Oh, I love that pig. Yes, dear, we can all agree that a Lifetime Achievement Award for the pig from Babe is long overdue, but I need to tell Mr. Snotbottom our terrible news. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever picked up on it before, but the funny thing about terrible things is that they often happen in threes. Kendall's wife had emergency business. Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn's romantic Christmas was canceled. What will happen next? Why are you all looking at me? Something terrible could happen to Terry. And if we've learned anything from history, on holidays, terrible things usually happen to my assistant. So why don't we get Austin out here? Or Charles the contractor. I wouldn't mind seeing him get some terrible news like Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn and I did. Speaking of other people that work for you... Wasn't there also a female assistant that got engaged? Oh, you're thinking of Becky. She worked for us for a long time, actually. She got engaged to Charles the Contractor when you were working for us temporarily at Halloween. Oh, but poor dear, she couldn't make the move with us from L.A. to Busheltown. She's staying in a home in the mountains for people with extreme multiple personality disorders. You see, it was a particular sadistic personality that agreed to marry Charles the Contractor. (laughs) The doctors informed us that she'd probably never be released. Well, that explains that. Speaking of that, um... Oh, we're getting a fax. It's probably our writers faxing us a Merry Christmas. I'll just take a look. Is it from the writers? Of course not. This fax regrets to inform me that the Evita reality tour has been canceled. Oh, dear, does it give a reason? Two more people got gored by loose bulls last week when they were trying to recreate this spin move that Madonna did during the Buenos Aires song, but I wouldn't have. Looks like this is another Christmas ruined for Cliff and Kendall and their friends. So what happens now? So what happens now? Where am I going to? Not Argentina, that's for damn sure. Hey Terry, you never mentioned why you're here. Candle boy. <laughs> I think I can answer that one. I called Terry into Tampa for us because of an exciting opportunity. An opportunity? I thought you were going to go on a romantic Christmas holiday for two. <laughs> yes, dear. We were. As in, I did. Then why did you call Terry in? Candle boy, (laughs) I wouldn't have even mentioned this opportunity if it weren't for the incredible coincidences that just unfolded. (laughs) Why, three different sets of Christmas plans collapsing almost simultaneously. (laughs) That's unheard of, boys. But you already called in Terry to tempt for us. (laughs) Well, I... Dear, did you take all your pills this morning? (laughs) Yes, dear. I took the blue one and the yellow one at breakfast and the green one after lunch. What about the purple one? And the three white ones? (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) I knew I'd forgotten something. (laughs) That would explain this whole mess. Well, Mrs. Butter 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 Churn, what would I do without you, girl? (laughs) You put up with my irritable mouth as well as the many, many strokes that I've had. Why, so many parts of my face have been paralyzed, I can barely understand myself at times. (laughs) But through it all, you stuck with me, girl. Dear, do try to remember to take your medicine. Yes, dear. <laughs> All right. The opportunity I was speaking of, boys, I, I don't want to get your hopes up, but we may have one last chance at returning to our Los Angeles studio. You mean we could leave Busheltown? 
Go back to some place where your car is not constantly getting stuck in a sinkhole? Or quicksand like that one time. How is there quicksand in a sonic parking lot? Only in Busheltown, which I would love to leave, but I'm so mad about my vacation being canceled that all I want to do is eat a whole tray of butternut rye krispies and watch Muppet Christmas specials for the next eight hours. Oh yeah, let's do that instead of whatever Mr. Snodbottom's going to suggest. Boo! Boo! I feel like I'm constantly telling you this, but the Muppets can wait. There's a possible sponsor coming into town tonight, and I've invited them over for a nice Christmas dinner. <laughs> if we can entertain them, I'm sure that we could get them to sponsor the show and, and we could afford the studio in LA again. We wouldn't need Mrs. Pussybottom or her radio station to underwrite the show any longer. That does sound good. Cliff, what do you say? Well... I guess we might as well show this guy a good time. What do we have to do? So then Mr. Snowbottom took what felt like forever to explain that we had to cook dinner and get ready to entertain the sponsor guy in just two hours. We were getting the studio ready because we were having the dinner there for some reason I was never really clear on. I was in charge of making the break room in their office look nice. I knew I could do it. I once tempted an interior design firm in Ottawa for six months, but I didn't bother telling them that. Well, I worked on sprucing up the place where we were serving dinner, and by sprucing up, I do mean that I put a spruce tree in there by the recycling bins. Anyway, while I was doing that, Cliff and Kendall were cooking dinner in the kitchen across the hall. Cliff, will you shake this pumpkin pie spice all over the yams? Yeah, but what I want to know is how we're going to cook a sponsor-convincing dinner in this tiny kitchen. It's a kitchenette. Tiny kitchens are called kitchenettes. Okay, even so. Ooh, look, it says I've got a voicemail, but it didn't even ring. I blame Busheltown Cell Service. I don't think this town was even on their satellite map until that rye mill exploded last year. I wonder who called. One new message. Two saved messages. Hi, Kendall, this is Charles. I'm your contractor. I dropped my phone into a portage on it, so could you tell Mrs. Snodbottom that I won't be in until after January 1st? <laughs> I have a family emergency, so my, uh, my cousin broke out of prison. So anyway, Merry Christmas all. Hmm. This throws a kink into Mr. Snodbottom's plans. He wanted Charles the Contractor to wear a tuxedo and pretend to be our valet tonight. That never would have worked. I've seen Charles the Contractor sweat all the way through a winter coat. Oh my god. What? No, 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 Mr. Snodbottom is going to kill me. We're completely out of saffron. And we've got to have some for the Bordelais sauce. Kendall, you don't put saffron in Bordelais sauce. Every idiot knows that. I'm not making regular Bordelais sauce like we have every damn day of the year. I'm making a very special version of a New Orleans Bordelais sauce that my mother's Creole grandmother created one night when she had to cook dinner for Napoleon himself. Kendall, calm down. Do you want me to pull up episode 184 of our show, Calm Yourself, on your iPad? Because I will do it. No, we don't have time. We have to find some saffron, and that's all there is to it. It's Christmas Eve. Do you think the gas station at the end of the block has saffron in between the deer jerky and the king-size Kit Kat bars? I can tell you from experience, they don't. I've bought a lot of Kit Kat bars there, and I've never seen any saffron. We'll find some. Somebody right around here has some saffron. I just know it. Shouldn't I stay and stir or something? We'll get Austin to stir. Mr. Snodbottom has Austin cleaning out the storage closet. He wants it to look like a writer's room. Won't this sponsor know that our writers are still back in L.A.? That they just email or fax us everything now that we've moved? Something seems fishy, doesn't it? I'm not the one that told you to make a New Orleans Bordelais sauce. Saffron! Damn it! Let's go get saffron! Terry, Terry, can you stir everything on the stove over here? You got it. Then Cliff and Kendall went walking around the block looking for saffron. You know what makes me mad? 
how humid it is in Busheltown on Christmas Eve. If we had to move somewhere, why didn't we go somewhere it would snow on Christmas? That sky's looking dark. I think tonight's dust storm is going to be a doozy. Yeah, the wind's already picking up. Okay, who the hell around here would have some saffron? Most places on the block are closed for Christmas already. Let's just try wherever there's a light. Okay. Over there! Hey, good idea. Merry Christmas! Welcome to the Bushel Town Erotic Bakery. Can I get you a booby cupcake or an ass pop? We also have a special on day-old ding-dongs. Uh, no thanks. We're just here for the off chance that you might have some saffron. I'm making a sauce down the street and we're all out. Saffron. 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 Funny you should mention saffron. I had some saffron. Up until last week, I had all the saffron you could have ever dreamed of. Saffron is the world's most expensive spice, you know. My father was a spice trader in the spice district of Manhattan for 40 years, and he spent all that time saving up saffron sweeping so that I, his only boy, wouldn't have to work as hard as he did. Well, I used some of the saffron to open up this erotic bakery, but I had a little left. And then, last week, I overheard my wife on the phone telling her sister how she'd gotten me an amazing Christmas gift. A gift so good, I wouldn't believe. So I think to myself, I have to get something just as good for my wife. Then, I see on TV they were having a sale at the furniture outlet. Now, Christmas isn't exactly the busiest time of year at an erotic bakery. So I took the last bit of my father's saffron that I've been saving and went to that outlet and brought my wife a display case for her precious moments figurine collection. The case was beautiful mahogany with built-in lights so you could see all the sad little smiles on their delicate porcelain faces. Only problem was, this morning when I gave my wife the display case, she told me she didn't have her collection anymore. She'd sold it online so she could buy me a gift. And you know what she'd gotten me? It was a gold jar no bigger than your hand with one word on the front. Do you know what that one word is? Do you know what that one word is that's written on that golden jar? Was it Christmas? Saffron! She sold her collection so she could buy me a jar to keep my saffron in. It was... It was a weird morning. So you're saying you don't have any saffron? It's gone! Not even maybe a little dust fell out? We could look. It's gone! 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 Well, I don't want to hold you up any longer. Uh, Cliff? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. If you're alone later, uh, we're having a big dinner in the studio annex behind the KBSH building at uh, 8 o'clock. Maybe. Okay, that was a bus. Let's try the place down here. Jesus? Is that you? Okay, this person's crazy. Let's go. Kendall, oh my God. I'm sure she means a person of Hispanic descent named Jesus. It's really common. Jesus? Oh, no. You can't be Jesus. You're two people. This Jesus that you're waiting for? Yes. Is he your... Lord and Savior? Why, yes. Oh, well, you're expecting company, so... Listen, stay. I don't know if Jesus is really coming today or not. Thing is, I heard a voice in a dream say to me, Elaine, you will be visited by the Lord today. But so far, all I've had is an old homeless woman, some lost kid, and now you two. This must be what Mary felt like when she was waiting for Jesus. Well, it is his birthday. I'm sure he's got a lot of places to be. Are you two looking for a house? This is a real estate office you just walked into, so I assume so. 
I'm totally okay with gay couples. It just might look weird if I'm showing a house to you guys when Jesus walks in. I'm not sure how cool he is with it. I'm cool, though. I just sold a four-bedroom colonial in the South Busheltown suburbs to these two power lesbians, so... We're not a couple. I'm just looking for saffron. I'm making a sauce for a potential sponsor in the Studio Annex out behind KBSH, and dinner starts at 8, so... Studio Annex? You must do the show that comes on late Saturday nights? Kendall, we have to start saying our show comes on late Saturday night. It sounds so much better than 4 a.m. Sunday morning. Good point, but... Saffron? Any chance you've got some laying around? No, but I do have some frankincense and myrrh, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with those if Jesus doesn't show up. Could you use a substitute? No, it wouldn't be the same. Thanks anyway. We'll let you get back to waiting. See anyone out there? Anyone in a robe and sandals, maybe? Um, no. Oh, well. Okay, this is getting ridiculous. Can't you use a substitute, though? Call your mother. I'm sure your special sauce has been made without saffron before. I know what she'll say, but I'll try her anyway. Hello? Mom, I'm trying to make this special New Orleans Bordelais sauce that's been passed down in our family for years, and I'm wondering if I can substitute another spice for saffron. We're out. Substitute? Of course not. You'd have got to use saffron. Our Creole ancestor didn't wrestle alligators out of the swamps of New Orleans for you to substitute another spice for saffron. Absolutely not. Okay, thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Love you. Love you, too. See? Okay. It's getting late, and the wind is picking up. Why don't I try the place down there, and you try the place over there, and we'll meet back at the studio annex in ten minutes. And if we can't find saffron... Then I won't make the Bordelais sauce. The sponsor can just use the barbecue sauce that was in the refrigerator when we moved in. Sounds good. Hello? Hello? Uh, are you open? It only just now occurred to me how weird it is to find a dentist office open on Christmas Eve. No, we're closed. Uh, I've just been so freaked out that I forgot to turn off the electric open sign and also forgot to lock the door. Oh, well, being a dentist, you probably don't, but I'll ask anyway. Do you... You'll never believe what's happened to me. Did your husband buy you a display case for Christmas after you sold your Precious Moments figurine collection, thus making the display case useless? Yes, but something even weirder happened since then. Something weirder? What? I've been visited by two ghosts, and I'm waiting for the third. Are you familiar with the plot of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? It's happening to me. To me. To me. To me. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's probably not. A few years ago, my co-host and I thought A Christmas Carol was happening to us. And, well, technically it did, but we weren't visited by real ghosts. It was just a pizza man, our friend Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, and a coat rack. All acting like ghosts. We just thought they were real because our producer slipped us some heavy drugs to teach us a lesson. Do you work with people who might want to teach you a lesson? Before you saw the first ghost, did a co-worker give you something to eat or drink that could have been drugged? Meanwhile, down the block, Kendall is also coming up empty-handed in his search for saffron. So you're saying you don't have any saffron? What would I be doing with saffron? I'm just a janitor cleaning toilets at the movie theater on Christmas Eve. Do you know what the manager said to me before he left to go home to his family for Christmas Eve? The manager of this lousy, stinking, one-screen movie theater said to me, If you get any extra time, could you scrape off some of the gum from under the seats? Gum from under the seats! Do you know how long some of that gum's been there? 
I put a water double mint there myself when I made out with Shirley Hinkle in the back road or in on the waterfront. He wants me to scrape it off. That is, uh... I didn't dream of doing this as a kid, you know. I wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> Do you know how much it kills me to walk by that dentist's office down the street? I pass it every day and it kills me. <gasps> I have so much resentment built up about the fact that I never went to dental school. I can't even go to the dentist to get my teeth cleaned. I tried going to the vet once to see if she cleaned my teeth, but she says she didn't want to use the same equipment on me as she did with the animals. She didn't want the animals to accidentally get any of my diseases. <laughs> I'm just a damn misfit janitor. Stuck cleaning toilets and scraping gum alone in a movie theater on Christmas Eve. They don't maybe put saffron in the popcorn occasionally, do they? No! Cliff and Kendall reconvene at the studio annex behind the KBSH building shortly before 7. How are we going to convince the sponsor to sponsor us without any of my special Bordelais sauce? You're putting a lot of stock into that Bordelais sauce. I had to. The recipe calls for two quarts of beef stock. Of course, I substituted vegetable stocks since for vegetarians. So you made a substitution in the recipe. Yes, but this substitution is completely different. Saffron is unsubstitutable. It doesn't matter. We've got to feed and entertain this guy, too. What are we going to do? If I email Betty Cratchit right now, do you think she and the other writers could send us some material? If only we hadn't just moved the show last month. We'd have years of material that's been filed away by Austin and Becky and Tyler and Topher and Sebastian before them. It's too bad all those files were in a moving truck that went over that steep ravine. Why did Mr. Snodbottom pack all his personal kerosene lanterns in the same truck as our files? And why didn't he ever even once back up something on a computer? I'm sure he missed a pill or was having a stroke or an irritable bowel attack that day. <coughs> Nevertheless, we should sing. Let's do an original song that'll impress the sponsor. And Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn and Mr. Snodbottom can sing. It's cute when old people do stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that's enough. It always has been before. I'm not sure how they pulled it off, but by 8 p.m. that night, dinner was ready and the studio annex was decked just like the hall in that Christmas song everybody knows. The spruce tree I put in the break room added an air of woodsiness and Christmasness to the proceedings. Not that I pointed it out to anyone. It was just pretty obvious. I stayed in the kitchenette across the hall most of the night, but I heard everything that was going on. This is how it played out once the sponsor finally showed up. Yes, Mr. Torero, we'll be dining in the room here. It's got a rather cozy and elegant atmosphere. Yeah, cozy, alright. That's code for small. I've been around the block a few times, don't bother. I see. Yes, uh, here is my dear wife, Mrs. Potterbottom Butterbutter. Oh, hello, Mr. Torero. It's nice to make your acquaintance this Christmas Eve. You know, I could have been in Tahoe having a bang session with Diane Sawyer, but I came here because I thought it might be a good business decision to sponsor this show. I hear fat people are coming back in, and I hear your hosts are fat. But where are they? And are fat people still funny on the radio, or do you have to see their big flabby bellies for it to really work? Oh, Mr. Torero, I'm sure we'll answer all of your questions in due time. Let's all get seated here and begin our Christmas Eve dinner, shall we? Oh, hello, Terry. Mr. Torero, this is Terry. She's a temporary employee helping us out tonight. Can't afford someone full-time, huh, Snodbottom? Oh, Terry, this first course looks delicious. Oh, and here come Cliff and Candle. It looks like they're going to be performing for us. Oh, 
lovely dears. <laughs> what a nice surprise, boys. But you told... Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, we thought that Christmas, since it's the most wonderful time of the year, would be a great time to sing a song. And Mr. Torero, I don't know if you've heard, but I do have perfect pitch. Austin, were you willing my keyboard? Thanks, Austin. Now go and put the lights up the way I told you. We're going to sing a song for you now. Oh, there goes the lights. Thanks, Austin. This is a song we wrote for a fantasy we once had. Ready? Yep. Christmas spirit don't come cheap But you and me, we've got a heap Very nice. Thanks. Perfect pitch. Some folks, they do not feel it, which I don't understand. But we know how to spread it all throughout the land. Christmas spirit, I've got it. It's here. You know it. All year. You know, in my head, there are sleigh bells ringing all day long. The story that my heart tells is the Christmas song. It's Christmas spirit. I've got it. Right here. Would you look at it all year? Christmas spirit, I've got it. Right here. Here it is. All year. Christmas spirit, I've got it. Right here. You know it. All year. Amen. <laughs> lovely, dear. Thank you. Wow, Cliff, I really feel like I know how Santa Claus feels tonight. And because your belly's so huge and flabby that it wobbles like a bowl full of, nay, overflowing with jelly. <laughs> no, because I'm filled with love and generosity tonight. <laughs> the boys are always this funny, Mr. Torero. <laughs> I hope you're catching all of this. But Cliff, that fat comment does bring me to my next point. Oh yeah, what's that? You're a fat one, Mr. Cliff. You really are obese. You're as hefty as a hippo, you're as light as bacon grease, Mr. Cliff. You're as huge as a house, and your hunger won't see. Let me just stop you right there. But I haven't sang about how fat Kendall is yet. What does the rest of this little show look like? We're going to play a Christmas version of Are You Talking to Me, where we guess famous Christmas movie quotes. Terrible. What else? Uh, Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turner are going to sing It's a Marshmallow World. No offense to present company, but old people? Yuck. Entertainment has to be aimed at young people. The problem with your show isn't that it's aimed at old people. In fact, I don't even think it's aimed at people. It's aimed at the wall. Your target audience is a wall. Well, somebody had to be the first to make a show for the wall. We're thinking outside the box here. Outside the box? You got no box. It's like you ordered a box and it was delivered next door by mistake. This hosting, even for fat people, is subpar. And the producing leaves a hell of a lot to be desired. Now see there, I'll not have you attacking Mr. Snodbottom. That man can do anything he sets his mind to. Never mind the litany of medical ailments he's afflicted with. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He's got a garden and wife. You should just see his stool. Mrs. Butter Butter Butterturn, I'm not sure this is the right time to bring up his stool, but she is right, Mr. Torero. Mr. Snodbottom's stool has to be seen to be believed. It is really nice. Brown, shiny, smooth, and slick. <laughs> You're all embarrassing me. Anyone could have produced that stool. Dear, you've worked very hard to make that stool. 
It took you hours of hard work and it left you exhausted. Mr. Snodbottom acts like he doesn't like us talking about his stool, but he loves to show it off. I think Austin even helped him put a picture of it on the internet, of him smiling there next to his stool. Of course, the stool is just a sample of what he can produce. You people better be talking about a chair. Look, it's just not for me. The deal is off. If you were to ask me, I'd say your show stinks. Who the hell are you coming in here talking about how much our show stinks? We've heard it. We know. What I really want to know is what kind of Grinch crawled up your ass and died just because you're a sponsor from... from what company are you from? I'm a VP with Farber's Ear Pharmaceuticals. We make several medicinal creams that doctors prescribe when a patient develops an ear fungus. Oh, that would be a perfect sponsor for our show. How? People listen to the show with their ears, duh. As mundane as all of this is, I got to go. I think that's for the best. As perfect a sponsor as you might have been, I don't think we're interested in changing our show just to please people with ear fungus. Candle is right, Mr. Torero. Well... That's good since I called the deal off five minutes ago. Happy New Year to you all if you celebrate that type of thing. Adios. Well, I guess that's it. I guess we stay in Busheltown. Kendall, if belching and talking about how fat we are can't make people happy, then I guess I don't know how to make people happy. But I do know I wouldn't change the show for an ear fungus medication. What if it had been Pepsi or Ben and Jerry's or even the Chiquita Banana Company? Would we have changed the show for them? Oh, definitely, but the point is we'll know in our hearts when it's the right time to sell out. Beautifully said, dear. I guess this is one more Christmas we'll be staying true to ourselves and coming together as kind of unexpected family. I guess so. Austin? Yeah? Don't you have any family to go home to? Um, yeah. My family is all together tonight at their cabin in Coyote Hills. All my sisters and aunts and uncles. My 86-year-old grandfather. I asked you if I could go, but you said you needed me here. Oh. All I've done is wheel in that keyboard and hit the lights that one time. Looks like your Christmas was ruined by an act of God, too. (laughs) That makes you one of us, Austin. This is an unexpected family. (laughs) What's that? It's me. Oh, my, Terry, why are you crying, dear? It's just that... I've been on the road temping for so long that I never even get to be part of an unexpected family, which seems to happen to you guys all the time. Terry, you're always welcome to come and unexpectedly be a part of our unexpected family whenever you can temporarily get away. We know you're committed to your life on the road. I am committed to temping. It's the only time I really feel like me, you know? This is nice, too. Maybe we shouldn't take the people we're with for granted. Is that the lesson we're supposed to learn? Oh, well, I guess I should eat the rest of the... Hello? 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 Are you still having dinner? It's me, Elaine, the, the real estate lady without any saffron. Come on back. We're in the break room. Oh, hello. This is the real estate agent we met earlier, everybody. Hello. My name is Elaine. I represent the South Busheltown suburbs, the East Busheltown swamplands, and a small section in the West Busheltown badlands, as well as here in downtown Busheltown, where we are. If anyone were looking for any properties, that is... <laughs> We're just about to eat. Um, did your uh, guest ever arrive? No, he didn't. He didn't get the address wrong and stop by here, did he? Maybe I should treat everyone as though they're Jesus. Is that the lesson I was supposed to learn? Honestly, I'm starting to think I didn't hear the voice of God and just dreamed the whole thing myself. I did fall asleep watching The Passion of the Christ last night. Well, help yourself to some food. Sorry there's no Bordelais sauce. Kendall, I've got a great idea. What? I drew your name in the office Christmas gift secret Santa thing, and I think now's the time to give you your present. Is it a song? No. 
Oh, then sure. What did I get? Here. Oh my god, I've been dying to get this. What is it, dear? It's the new Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Christmas Code. It said on the dust jacket that the Tom Hanks guy... Robert Langdon. He's got to find the Illuminati code that Da Vinci hid in his painting, The Adoration of the Magi. Dear, what do you mean by hidden the code? I read online that the code in this book has to do with Da Vinci's plan for the sleigh he built the very first Santa Claus. I've got the Christmas spirit all of a sudden. Cliff, I drew your name in the secret Santa this year. Now, I couldn't get all of your gift here. There are so many pieces, but I can show you a picture. If Kendall can pull it up on his phone, dear. Oh, sure. Hello? 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 Are those guys looking for saffron still here? We're in the break room. Come on back. Hello. Hello. Hey, it's me, Ralph, the baker from the erotic bakery across the way. And this is my wife, Sherry. She's the dentist with the office up the block. Hello. I just wanted to bring you this bag of wiener pies as a way of saying Merry Christmas and welcome to the neighborhood. That's a nice gesture. Thank you. And Cliff, I wanted to tell you you were right. I called my dental hygienist and it turns out she was the one behind me reliving the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol tonight. (laughs) She pumped five tanks of nitrous oxide into my office and before long I was seeing ghosts. (gasps) All because I didn't notice she'd gotten new Tweety Bird scrubs. I sure learned my lesson. I'm sure this kind of thing happens all the time. (laughs) Look at Kendall's phone. It's the Precious Moments collection you wanted for Christmas, dear. The, The what? Precious Moments Collection? I didn't want a Precious Moments Collection. I wanted a coffee table book called The Private Moments Collection. It's all paparazzi photos of celebrities changing clothes, tripping and buying coffee and eating at sidewalk cafes, getting out of or into cars, stuff like that. Which is what I told Mr. Snodbottom. Oh, sorry, boy. (laughs) Something must have been lost in translation. It doesn't matter. That's not what Christmas is all about. Precious Moments? Did you buy them from Sexy Dennis 2011 on eBay? Oh my, it seems I did. <laughs> then maybe I can buy them back from you. Then I could use this display case that you got me, dear. That would be a Christmas miracle, all right. Oh, but what about your saffron? Well, as a matter of fact, as we walked over, I had a great idea for that gold jar you bought me that has saffron engraved on the front. We'll get a dog or a cat and name it Saffron. And when it dies, we can have the animal cremated and we'll keep its ashes in the gold jar that bears its name on the front. Oh, what a great idea. So, which do you want? A dog or a cat? Oh, whichever dies first. I just want to use that jar. Oh, how lovely. Well, we've got to be going. Enjoy those wiener pies. They're cinnamon wieners for Christmas. (laughs) Nice to have met you, dears. Oh, happy holidays. Bye. This Christmas may have not been what we all wanted, but it certainly turned into something unique. It's a Christmas we'll never forget, that's for sure. Although, you know, you get really old or hit on the head or something. Who knows what you might forget. This is a Christmas that we'll probably remember for a while. At least that's for sure. Maybe. If I can't be stuck on the 405 in L.A. with my wife Susan, it's nice to be here with you guys on Christmas. We're lucky to get to spend the holiday with Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. Also, Terry the Temp and Austin, both brought here by fate. And of course, you, the real estate agent. What'd you say your name was? Elaine. And of course, Elaine. <laughs> Where was I going with this, Kendall? 
Christmas is a special time. Yes, it is. Oh, my word. Oh, my. Would you look out the window? I do believe it's snowing. (laughs) No, dear. It's the dust storm they've been calling for all day on the news. But if you squint, it does look like a bit of snow, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. It's kind of pretty. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Oh, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I've brought some corn for popping Since the lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally say goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And Kendall We're all still standing here goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hey, is that someone out in the storm? Who is that guy? It's the janitor from the movie theater up the block who didn't have any saffron. He's looking in here. Motion for him to go to the door. We're back here. Hey, I saw you lying on it. I just had to tell somebody. Oh, what's that? I was walking out of the movie theater. Through the wind and dust, I hear somebody talking about and it makes me real sad, right? Because of how I never went to dental school and it was always my dream and everything. So I'm ashamed to admit it, but I started crying. And out of the wind and dust, I hear the beautiful voice of a dentist. And to save time, I'll just give you the gist of what she said. She said I could come and be a janitor at the dentist's office. And she said on the weekend she would give me dentist lessons and, and that she could clear it with the American Dental Association so that I could be a dentist by next Christmas. Can you believe that? That's some kind of Christmas miracle right there. It really is. Congratulations. Well, Kendall, I don't think this Christmas is going to be so bad after all. Looks like it's going to be another Merry Christmas for Cliff and Kendall and their friends. And this janitor and real estate agent? Elaine. And Elaine? And it was a Merry Christmas. It really was. I may just be Terry, a temp, who knows a little bit about a lot of things. But I learned a little bit about myself that Christmas with Cliff and Kendall. And I guess that's it. Are we out of time, Doctor? Yes, Terry, we're out of time, but ooh, before you go, when you started telling me this story, you said something was terrible. What was terrible, Terry? Oh, that parking space I found when I got to your office today. It was way in the back. 
Oh, okay, Terry. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Doctor. I feel a lot better getting all that off my chest. Oh, and I do remember one last thing that Kendall said before we all left for the night on Christmas Eve. And what was that, Terry? He said, A Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Mm-mm. And how did that make you feel, Terry? It made me feel merry, Doctor. It made me feel merry. Thanks for listening to today's show, Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. We'll be here next time. Keep the emails coming in and be sure to subscribe. Oh, thanks for staying up all night binge listening to Cliff and Kendall Christmas episodes. We know what you want. More. More. Yep, that's right. So stay tuned all month long for more Cliff and Kindle Christmas episodes and binge listen to more where? Cliffandkindle.blogspot.com